This Week in League is brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile's League Live, the ultimate NRL app for league fans, putting the NRL at your fingertips. News, scores, TV viewing schedules, match day information and more. Search for Sportsmate in the App Store or Google Play to download League Live today. This Week in League, Dylan Walker shows that chasing the dragon is no substitute for chasing cliffy lines in the quest to become an NRL pivot. The NRL shows how serious they are about cracking down on drugs by handing out heavy bans to five players who don't play anymore. Jared Haynes still has the ability to destroy NRL teams. This time, it's Parramatta via the salary cap. And we preview all the action for round two of the 2016 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 212 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. Once again, as always, welcome to our new listeners. Uh, thanks for stopping by. And I think there's a substantial amount of new listeners just from the amount of new uh, Twitter handles I'd never seen before tweeting. And some of them jumping in like very familiar, you know, in a very, with a very familiar demeanor, you know, like attitude, you know, the, in the way that they, you know, they were tweeting at us and everything. So it was good to see, uh, you know, these guys finally get on uh from wherever they came from is that all they've been lurking yeah yeah definitely definitely lurking but um yeah they've certainly started their started their twitter game this year and it's good to see and like as far as like you know downloads and stuff i mean we you know we touched fourth on the itunes sports charts which is just you know that's up there when you're competing with like bill simmons and you know things like that so that was fantastic um and the episode the first episode from last week it was uh it's it's almost into the top 20 most downloads for an episodes ever and considering there's like you know over 200 episodes in the can and a lot of them have had years that they just keep you know accumulating quietly you know accumulating downloads and everything that's it's pretty fucking incredible um so uh mailbag first thing uh, i want to do is just give a shout out to jake who uh he dm'd me and i'm um, fucking dude he's been in hospital since last thursday with burns to twenty percent of his body, Jesus sustained from a, a gas leak, and presumably that led to an explosion when he was uh, doing a barbecue before the Eels Broncos game last week. So he just sent us a message and said, "You know, it's been a tough few days, but Twill Nation's helped me so much, so so much from taking my mind off things, uh, talking general shit about the games themselves." Um, and he just wanted to say thanks for you know our part in the community, and uh, and even when we're not aware of what's going on, you know. It, you know, it can help people out, so, um, yeah, very nice to say, and fuck, dude, get better, I mean, yeah, the uh, the prognosis is fine for full recovery and everything like that, but that's been scary shit, I mean, that's always something that, like, every time you flick a gas ball on, you're always like, you know, I had a mate who didn't get burned, but he got fucking lifted, like, across, you know, across the yard, and, um, and had his eyebrows burned off, and some hair in that ouch yeah. yeah that's uh that part was pretty fucking funny but it wasn't <laughs> but it's, it's not funny when you get when you know, dudes like you know physically like a fucking movie you just get like, lifted across a fucking uh, across a uh, grassy patch there so uh, yeah not cool dude but uh you know all the best yeah, to, all mate. the best to recovery and and uh yeah uh, uh, I, I hate getting messages like it's hearing that someone's been fucking burned 20% of their body however I do like you know getting messages where it's like you know you didn't know this was going on, but this has helped out and everything. So, um, hang on, is, is he a Parramatta fan or a Brisbane fan? He's a Chooks fan. 
Oh, okay, okay. So he's like a fucking innocent bystander. Wow. He didn't sign on for that. No, not at all. At all. So, yeah. Um, so, yes, get well soon to uh, Jake. Uh, last week, obviously, we said goodbye to Glenn, and there was a few tweets on the matter. I thought I'd uh, throw him in there as a, as a, as a final uh, chance for people to have their say because, you know, kind of uh, broke the news last week and, um, you know, people had to process it pretty quickly. Uh, I like your one that you sent in that said uh, in regarding to Mitchell Moses asking for more money straight up after one good game pretty much oh and uh yeah said if Benji ends up with the Tigers and Benji asking for more money too or saying he's not worth 300 G's yeah, yeah we'll, uh, we'll get to that later yeah so uh, if uh, Benji ends up with the Tigers and they lose Moses I will pick up and drop Glenn off to record that hit just for for anyone that's not geographically aware we're talking six hour round trip thereabouts yeah I mean like at the moment it, it's like let's say two but yeah that's that's you know by the middle of the year yeah. That shit's gonna that shit's gonna magnify yeah. somewhat. And yes. I, I will stick by that. <laughs> and and I mean that that even if he doesn't want to do it, yep. I I will roofie the motherfucker <laughs> and gaffer tape him in the back of the car yeah. and let him out to record the podcast. Yeah. Lure him out with a bit of a bit of fucking uh roofied chocolate or something like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll wave a pair of Robbie's undies under his nose, bring him to. Yeah, how are you gonna acquire those? <laughs> See, what you've done is, you've said one thing to smite Glenn, but then you've smited yourself because, like, how are you going to acquire some of Robbie's undies? Look, to get things done that I want to get done, yeah. I've done much, much worse things than sniff through Robbie Farrah's dirty laundry basket, <laughs> let's face it. Uh, that's Beady Dwyer. Uh, that is B-E-D-E Dwyer. Uh, great to have you guys back. Uh, good luck at the helm, Jay. Big shoes. Hash, can you grow a beard? Hash, McDonald's coffee. Hash, Glenn in decline. Okay, well, there's three hashtags to address there. Can you grow a beard? Yes, he's already got one. Uh, McDonald's coffee. No, he refuses to drink that horrible shit. And uh, Glenn in decline. Oh, goes without saying. Um, Giannis underscore Mateus. Do you know this gentleman? I don't. It's uh, J-A-N-I-S underscore M-A-T-T-E-U-S. Giannis. Yes, Giannis. Yes, so if you guys want to get there, throw a follow uh, great ep gents and Nat thanks for keeping the Twill community alive well you know thanks Jay really I mean you know I'm still here and you know needed someone else basically because <laughs> uh, otherwise it ended up like you know Bill Burr's or something where it's just like one person just kind of just going slowly crazy just chatting to themselves just, you know about shit and, and like asking the audience questions for which there's no answer forthcoming you know in, in that conversation you know so in the sixth week of the season you'd have sock puppets for other yeah. hosts <laughs> Um, he came back with another one and just said uh, the only difference with our new dad is that he picks up his, his pay at Penrith Centrelink instead of Campbelltown <laughs> As it, uh, just to to put it out there um, I actually did spend most of my childhood yeah. in uh, Campbelltown itself okay so so there's uh, really no difference at all I'm sort of like the bizarro Glenn yeah Glenn, Glenn being from Penrith supporting yeah. the Tigers yeah I'm from Campbelltown and uh, support Penrith yeah so how'd that happen then? Um, uh, I had a, a family member who worked out at Penrith Lakes, okay. which is a giant fucking hole in the ground uh, out of Penrith. It's a quarry. Okay. And uh, it's where they had the rowing for the Sydney yeah. Olympics. Yeah. So it's like they were the, that water park. Yeah, and that's the, it. The, and they had the rapids. And the yeah. Things pretty, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh. And so that's why. That's why Penrith. That's why. And so growing up, that that was the association. That yep. was the uh, the first jersey I was ever bought, brown and white. Yep. And uh, stuck from there. Up hop. Sh- sh- 
wank of essence. I'm not going to let that fucking die. Yeah, he said, I finally listened to This Week in League from last week. All the best, Glenn. The show won't be the same without you. Probably better, but not the same. And then he followed up with a nice tweet that I'm not going to read. So, uh, another great tweet from Josh Hannay's cunt cousin. Whipsy77. That is uh, with a ZY. What about that Glenn bloke putting his family and career first? Grub. Nah, all the best, mate. We'll miss yours and Nate's banter. Hash plot twist. MJ Eagle 23. Glenn who? So, well done, guys. <laughs> Unky D. First Glenn Stewart leaves Manly and then he leaves the show. Hash Glenn in decline. Good luck, G. Blue underscore Beaver. It's going to take some time to get used to no Glenn. And there it is. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Jay, for keeping Tool Nation pumping. Uh, Matt McLeod. Genuinely gutted you're taking a break from this week in league. You're still a cunt, though. Twat. Uh, Andy Kintz, aka Bald Andy. Sad to hear Glenn's moving on from the pod. Good luck, champion. Welcome to Jay. Bring on the Twill Year. Thank you, sir. Uh, at Highway, H E I H H. An absolute shame to see Glenn hang the mic up, but just because Glenn is gone doesn't mean the Tigers can't continue to decline. Well, that well, it was like, it was, it was like Melbourne weather on the weekend. It was like decline and incline all in one game. Uh, where are we? Ma underscore Aaron. We're going to miss you. Glenn, hash RIP Glenn, hash put your mushrooms out. There should be more of that going did, on actually. Did you get the Nate Miles one in there? I don't there know. There was some, somebody tweeted, and I can't remember who it was, I'm very sorry. Yeah, I don't recall um, seeing it, so I might have. There's a lot of tweets to get through today. Nate Miles is old fella. Oh, yeah, put uh, the mushrooms out, yeah, getting yeah. in the spirit of putting the mushrooms out because he's, yeah, he's, uh, his dick fell out during yeah, that game on the weekend. And, yeah. uh, and tweeted it to the NRL under the, the History Happens <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> I saw someone else sent a tweet and I didn't I didn't include it in here today because I said so fucking many but it took about that you know how, how fuck that history happens and you know you know what else what else also happens shit happens you know, it, this, this slogan must have been made up by someone with a ponytail and it, it's the most I think awful. it was Aaron I think it was Aaron Maher actually is another one of his and that's probably the reason why I didn't use it because I think he had a couple in yeah. but um yeah look, I don't mind like, it when they started putting it out on Twitter in the lead up to the season and stuff I thought oh, what's this fucking bullshit and you know it was it was right for trolling because you could you know put all sorts of weird moments in there like Hoppawato fingering people and you know hash history happens and but now they're actually you know pumping out content you know through social media and that and like you know classic moments and stuff I go yeah it's it's not a bad it's not a bad thing it, except you, you see people like uh, the biggest tiger have have yep. kicked off with Tedesco happens yeah yeah um, which is so close to if shit happens he's got to be very very fucking careful that. He doesn't mm-hmm. start people going to say, oh, had a dodgy curry, need to go and take a Tedesco. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's dangerous grounds. Yep, yep. I'm Tim McIntyre, underscore, the tweeter, not me. <laughs> R.I.P. Yoko Blakely. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been fucking pushing that Yoko line, like, all week. Everything's Yoko <laughs> And, you know, he wants it to become a thing, and you know what? I'm, I'm you know... I'm inclined to let it. Hashtag of the year, potentially. Erebus Chaos. As great as Jay is, it's disappointing not to have a Broncos fan on the pod anymore. I guess I'll have to live with it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just like, the the amount of quality backhanders in that section there was just ridiculous. Like, I, I didn't know you guys had it in you. It was fantastic. Well, well done. done, Tool Nation. Um, now, uh, there were some comments on uh, on This Week in Luke Dawn, the first, the first edition of This Week in Luke Dawn, from our uh, friends over at Super League Pod. At Angry Stink, is there any chance of getting that pommy wrap-up in a language we can understand? The fuck knows what they were talking about. <laughs> and uh, Lynn Shields said, was the ESL pod recorded in the Dunny at Langtree Park? And uh, 
I've got the. I'll put it on for this week. Actually, may as well put it on now while we're talking about this week in Luke Dawn. Here's. Uh, I haven't even listened to it yet, so I'll listen to it as I'm putting the show together tonight. Uh, so take it away, boys. Okay, Nate and Jared, thank you for that kind introduction once again. Big fans of our special music. You join us live from the toilets at Langtree Park for This Week in Luke Dawn, your weekly pit stop for all things ESL. What's been going on in the Super League comp this week, Mark? Okay, well, uh, Thursday's night game started a double hit of Louis Karma for the Salford Red Devils as Chris Sandow kicked a brilliant drop goal on the hooter in the sleet and rain at Salford to take the game 31-30 for his Warrington Wolves side. The news then came out that Salford had been charged by the RFL for breaches of the salary cap in 2014 and 2015. Okay, and on Friday night, the legend that is Luke Dawn couldn't do enough this week to get a win out of his Castleford Tigers side as they went down to a St Helens team led by former Panthers halfback and arch enemy of He-Man, Luke Walsh. It was a close game that ended 22 points, sorry, 28 points to 22 to the Saints. Yeah, over in Hull, former Gold Coast Titan Steve Michaels sniffed out a couple of tries in a close and exciting game between Gareth Ellis' Hull FC and my Wigan Warriors. However, two, got, two drop goals in the closing stages by England international Matty Smith saw Wigan beat Hull 26-25 at the KC Stadium. Do you ever wonder what happened to Brett Delaney? Well, wonder no more, as his lead side, featuring world's best prop forward Adam Cuthbertson, rolled out a 20 points to 16 win over Huddersfield Giants side, featuring an increasingly cold and frustrated-looking Ryan Hinchcliffe. Former Canterbury Bulldog Curry Thompson was one of the stars of the show again for the Witness Vikings, as his two-try effort helped them to a 30 points to 16 win over Hull Kingston Rovers. There are unconfirmed reports of vertigo in the Chemex camp that includes former Newcastle back rower Chris Houston, as the win leaves Witness riding high at the top of the table. And finally on this week in Luke Dunn, the Fat Touchy has continued his form from last week for the Catalan Dragons, ably supported by a bubbling first half display from Todd Carney. When Taylor headed to the bench, it was 26 points to zero in favour of the Dragons, and when they called for him again, it was 26 points to 22. The game ended with a rare Catalan away win as Taylor came back on to win a man of the match display and to beat Wakefield 42 points to 28. So with that away result for the Catalan Dragons, Mark, where does that leave the league standings in the ASL? Well, it leaves Widnes, like we say, on the top with Warrington and Wigan behind them on points difference only. Huddersfield are left rooted to the bottom with no points and Terry Campese's asterisk whole KR side sat above them on one point. Okay, so back to Nate and Jared, who I'm sure are far easier to understand than us. And we'd like to remind you that she's your queen too. Okay, once again, thanks, gents. And uh, you can catch up with him at, uh, at Super League Pod. So uh, get on there and uh, you'll be able to get the details where you can grab the uh, Super League podcast. And uh, thank you very much for the report again, fellas. Tall Hayden. He's uh, said hashtag of the year equals hash bring back Glenn. Well, that's not going to be the hashtag of the year. Was he talking about the show or The Walking Dead? Well, I don't know. Well. Because he's a bit behind if he's talking about The Walking Dead. Yeah, but also... He's actually st- he's actually alive in the show. Oh, spoilers. He's actually alive in the show. <laughs> okay, <I don't> know. <laughs> he's, he's actually alive in the show. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> he's never been dead. It wasn't no, a surprise. Wasn't that the cliffhanger? Oh, no, not really. Huh. No. That well, like, you know, like, like like six months ago. Yeah, I was saying, he's a bit behind. If he's only up to that episode. Yeah. Yeah. 
Who knows? Who knows what the future holds for Glenn in The Walking Dead, though? Grand final equals he wants a rematch between Dashing Dan and the Polish girl. For people who weren't there at El Loco last year, Dashing Dan was drinking at 6 o'clock in the morning, turned up to El Loco for a midday start after being at the pub just down the road with us from 10. By that stage, <laughs> beverages were had. Everyone was drunk. Dan had a four-hour head start on everyone else, so he was drunker. And by about 3 o'clock, he started. the Polish girl in question is actually the manager at El Loco. And so, you know, things were said. I think he, you know, made Eastern European rumours and he might have bought some World War Two shit in there as well. Wow. So, suffice to say, he wasn't her favourite person. <laughs> and word is, after we left to proceed to the grand final, he may have been turfed out. <laughs> um, <laughs> um who else we got here? Finn Scotty. So good to have you guys back. Another all-time podcast. Hash, I will always love you. Ah, <laughs> uh, Scotty Finn. You're a lovely gentleman. Uh, at Sam the Warden. Driving home after a late night mix listening this week in league. Thanks for the shout-out. Made my day awesome. Stoked. Hey, thank you, sir, for, for uh, inflating our, all, of our, all of our self-worth by winning an Oscar. Fucking legend. Ryan Finance. The Bunker is the early favourite for Revelation of the Year. More on that shortly. Yep. Fucking, I I would say I would suggest that, the, and like probably five minutes later, Lynn Shields said, "May I please nominate the bunker as the revelation of the year?" So yeah, two tweets with that was in within like definitely within like a ten minute period, and uh, really was really was revelatory as mm. of, as of round one at the mm. moment, looking very very strong. Tiger underscore Benji. My timeline is full of other rugby league podcasts using your catchphrases, nicknames, and hashtags. Is this flattering or annoying to you? Do you have any thoughts on this subject? Well, not mine. <laughs> so, on, on behalf of Glenn, um, oh, look, I, I think it depends on, on the spirit they're used in. I, I, I don't think that... Uh, yeah, honestly, I don't know. even fucking know because... A, I'm, I'm pretty much only looking at mentions most of the, most of the time. Like, I've got my, you know, my main Twitter account that I'll use and I'll sort of, you know, that'll be open through the day and I'll, you know, I'll sometimes see things scan past. Uh, but the other ones pretty much just mentions like, you know, that if there's someone says, you know, mention something, then I'll go over there and, you know, address it and, you know, reply or, you know, whatever needs to be done. But I'm not, you know, watching the main timeline with past and I don't have, I don't have the time to listen to fucking hardly any podcasts at all, let alone other rugby league podcasts. Yeah. So I have no idea what goes on there. Like the, um, the, the stuff like the Hiku Haikus that have been just oh, blatantly oh, jacked. Absolutely yeah, and, and blatantly jacked. Yeah, and that was, and that was, um, that's like mainstream fucking, yeah. like that's like the Sydney Morning Herald using that exactly. shit. Exactly. So, so, you know, that's, that shit's annoying and I mean, it'd be annoying to the people who, invent, who invented them, no doubt. And, um, but you know, original stop copying shit if you're copying shit stop just stop people know believe me they fucking know and believe me when it happens they dm people and tell them about it and then people go what do you want me to fucking do about yeah and then they get annoyed because they're really busy people there's a difference between dms uh, about it (laughs) difference between an homage and uh and a blatant ripoff yeah exactly i mean if you're doing your thing you know do your thing and if you're doing your thing and, and you th- if your thing is just copying someone else then maybe you should fucking reconsider doing that doing that thing because you're not really bringing anything to the table mm. um, but it doesn't annoy me because I fucking I, I don't see it I don't know about it except by DM there you go 
Paul Mark underscore 78, birthday beers at a Twill Nation sacred site. Speaking of, the, speaking of El Loco, he uh, sent us a picture of El Loco. He had birthday beers there. Fucking great spot it is too. So good. As you'll find out later this year, sir. Lovely. At Angry NRL Guy, are there more whiny cunts this year than any other who are ready to write off their teams after one fucking loss? Wake up, idiots. There was a lot of that. It was, And it was the flip side too. It was the, it was the people who were willing to write their own team off. 20%. Then there's like the 70% of, ha ha, your team lost, you're going to get spooned. And then there's another 10% there of like, oh, my team won, we're going to fucking win the comp. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It manifests itself in those three in those three ways. And I mean, the 70% is the bulk, is the bulk of them, but also people just giving out, you know, just giving shit. You know, they're not meaning it seriously. It's the other ones that really have to watch themselves, I, I, just check themselves, you know? I reckon I would have seen 12 teams in the media this week. Uh, sorry, uh, before round one. Yep. Uh, where whoever the journalist was, they were just stroking, <laughs> stroking the bell end of the fans <laughs> just enough, just to get them there before they started playing. Yeah. And then if the team won, yeah. the fans fucking exploded everywhere. Yeah. And if the team lost, they they ended up with NRL blue balls. Yeah. You know, so the, the <laughs> fact that every team was apparently a premiership chance... Oh. Everyone is, one. Yeah. everyone is at the start of the year. Oh, God. Because you just never know. Yeah. It's the thing, you never know. Closest competition in years. As they say, every year is the closest competition in years. Yeah. As really. well. It's one of those things. Um, just some general stuff. Uh, the straight out of Twill Nation shirts, um, as I said last week, decision's been made. I'm just going to put them in to be produced. Uh, the people who, who've already pre-ordered them want them, and I'm inclined to, you know fall into line with those people because uh you know we've had it for a little while so uh i'm going to put them in to be produced on monday of next week so you're going to be listening to this late wednesday thursday friday that sort of thing got to get your order in by say lunchtime on monday and then that way i'll put the order in and then that way it gives uh gives you guys the rest of the week and the weekend to decide if you're getting one and also it means that i can you know put some you know certainty back for the people that, that want one uh, that have already paid for one and uh, they can get it and then after that uh They'll enter the world of limited edition stuff that never to be seen again. Uh, memberships. Uh, last week, put it out there. I was sort of floating, you know, potentially hoodies, basketball jerseys, that kind of thing. Feedback has indicated. Um, eventually, I dragged feedback out of people, and then it actually then it started flowing in, which was great. Um, those items very positive for both of them. However, for the membership, people saying, well, you know, perhaps something like a, a snapback. We haven't done a snapback before, and we need to do hats with the new branding on it and stuff too. Well, it's not new, but it's probably like since 2013, but the previous hats were from the previous stuff for the first three or four years. So, could do that um, very easily, and then that would probably fit in the in the budget nicely for, um, for memberships and stuff too. So, I'm thinking that's probably what it's going to be. And then, what I'll do is I'll actually plan out a schedule for the other stuff. Like, hoodies would be the very next thing to happen, reason being we can get them produced in time for, you know, before winter hits, and then that way you've got it for winter. And, you know, rather than releasing a hoodie in September when, you know, you have to wait a fucking eight months before you can actually wear it in, in Australia. So we'll get the hoodie done next, and then, you know, maybe the, we'll put the, the b-ball top or, you know, a, a, the next shirt or something back further in the year like August or something when it start, you know, when it's going to be out, when it warms up a bit more. And, um, yeah, so that's last chance of feedback on that. Let me know. I want to start nailing supplies down. I've got things nailed down for a couple of items, but uh, if it's going to be snapback, 
got supply that can do that already so just need to start nailing it down and getting the pricing finalized and that kind of thing and i want to get the, the memberships produced as quickly as possible too so people get them you know early enough in the season uh the other argument for the snapback that i liked was someone said that um it's good because then you know you can wear your jersey and stuff like that whatever you want and then you can throw the hat on and so you can rep you know yourself and you can rep this week in league and your team or whatever at, at the game so that makes a lot of sense to me as well so um yeah i think that's it with the merch and stuff like that um gonna go with the undefeated asterisk that's gonna be the theme of the merch this year i think because we've done like you know the this week in league stuff and the tool nation stuff and that sort of thing so i want to keep it you know mix it up keep it different yep you know, every year and so i think we're going with the undefeated thing might be a whole line of undefeated stuff so we'll undefeated asterisk stuff so uh i'll get my thinking cap on and uh see what we can come up with mm. Okay, first story. This one only landed this morning, I think. So, by virtue of the fact that we had a uh, had an extra day to prepare this week, uh, the Parramatta Eels are at the centre of allegations that senior management signed off on deals that rewarded third-party sponsors with game day hospitality, contravening NRL rules. The Eels will also face questions about an alleged thirty-nine thousand dollars payment to former star and now NFL player Jared Hayne after he left the club. Um, in February, it was revealed that a $75,000 third-party deal between Hayne and the Eels was also part of the ongoing salary cap investigation by the NRL. Um, there's also a, a third-party deal involving Anthony Watmo that was also under investigation. Uh, there is no suggestion of wrongdoing by the players, their managers, or the companies who provided the third-party agreements. Um, they say that in, in, uh, contra- in confidential board minutes from 2014... It shows club executives discussed providing rewards in the form of corporate entertainment at games to third-party sponsors. Any acts of that nature would breach the NRL salary cap rules which state that third-party deals must be at arm's length from the club and the club must not compensate providers with payments or other deals. Um, the meetings of the minutes were signed by club chairman Steve Sharp, while Wayne Beavis, who manages Haynes, said he had no knowledge of any cash payments to his client post-Parramatta. One of the documents at the centre of the allegations signed by Sharp is quoted as highlighting the importance of servicing TPA providers accordingly with hospitality and player appearances. In a statement to the newspaper, Eel spokesman Josh Drayton said the club denies these allegations that show impropriety or wrongdoing in relation to the salary cap. They've already been stung with a $465,000 fine for cap breaches in 2014 and were under notice to fix the government issues, governance issues or have four points deducted for 2016. Sounds like the issues haven't been fixed. And I think that this repeat salary cap abuse, whilst accumulating large dollar value players, the likes of, you know, your Anthony Watmos, Kieran Forens, Michael Jennings, mm. and so forth, you know, yeah, I'd got, to, got, to, got to cut it out. Got to bury them under the table. Four points is probably not enough. Yeah, you know what, though? Storm got worse. Uh, I think... Taking competition points away from Parramatta is like taking a driver's license away from a kid that doesn't have a car. Yeah, taking a driver's license off a toddler. Yeah, it's it's absolutely meaningless in in the scheme of things. Taking hamburgers from Ethiopians. <laughs> oh no, that'd probably affect them <laughs> in a rather big way. But taking um, Air Jordans from Christopher Reeve. The, <laughs> the um the fact that there's a paper trail. 
means like minutes of the meeting. I mean, <laughs> who's the fucking scribe there that's like going? Yeah. Oh, God. I'll put that. I'll put that in. Oh, and well, then they clink their glasses together and and you know, right as laughter as they as they had fu- fucked the NRL without yeah. them realizing. But the the fact that again they've signed off on the minutes of this meeting, it either shows a blatant disregard for the rules because yeah. they know that at the end of the day there's going to be little or no penalty given to them. If found, even or it shows just a complete lack of knowledge around I'm, what is and isn't allowed. I'm inclined to think it's that. I, I'm inclined to think that what they... that they probably... on this thing, as far as, like, providing the, the you know, the hospitality to third-party guys, I, I have a feeling it probably wasn't that. Like, it wasn't, like, a bad a bad thing. But I just think it's just showed that they, they were so naive as to, you know, not realising what... They, you know what I mean? Oh, and the people that are running your sports organisation, your professional mm. sports organisation, aren't aware of the rules that they operate under? Yeah. That's a very big cause for concern, yeah. and we said it said it many times that uh, yeah, these clubs have been run like they need mm. to be run like businesses, and they've been run like you know fucking mates down in the locker room, and uh, that's that's probably you know seventy percent of the shit that any club gets into. I, th- I think it's another another area where if we look to our more established big brothers in the states. Mm. Somebody like the NBA basically owns the team. Yeah. You know, Uh, and you can own the team monetarily and you can run it, but when push comes to shove... They can force shit to happen. They can make stuff happen. For example, with the Clippers. Yes. When the the old racist dude, he was, you know, he sold it for a lot of money. Exactly. But he was forced to sell to someone else. For for all the the bullshit he said, Mm. you know, they didn't stop him from making... Um, money on the sale. Tidy profit, yeah. Uh, however, yep. they told him very squarely he was no longer going to be involved with the sport. Yep. Not fit to own a, own a franchise, dispose of it. And uh, and I think the NRL realising their own worth in the marketplace would, uh, would benefit from that. Yep. Okay, uh, where are we? New, no, sorry. NRL fans got 94 seconds more action per match in last weekend's opening premiership round than they did last season as the new bunker and shot clock ensured the ball was in play for longer. Uh, according to statistics provided by the NRL, the, play, the ball was in play for an average of 54 minutes 19 seconds per game compared to 52 minutes 45 seconds in matches last year. The main reason for this was the faster video referee decisions made from officials at the NRL bunker which took an average of 55 seconds for each of the 32 tries referred during the weekend. In comparison, video referee decisions took an average of 57, oh, sorry, 77 seconds last season. Scrums were also packed faster under the new shot clock rule, and many didn't need the 35 seconds allowed before the referee awards a penalty. The average time for scrums was down 13.5 seconds from 43 seconds last season to 29.5 in the opening round. And uh, what else we got? So yeah, the uh, the average elapsed game time is 89 minutes 29 seconds compared to 91 minutes 18 seconds. So um, so hang on, my maths might be a little shoddy here, mm-hmm. but how many extra seconds did they say we got? 80 something seconds. 90. There's 94. So 94. we get 94 extra seconds. Yeah. Due to all these things. Yep. However, those things gave us an extra 20 seconds and an extra 10 seconds. Basically, so. Um, the matches, the the ball was in play in the in the ball was in play per match, an average of fifty four minutes nineteen seconds per game, compared mm. to the corresponding round last year, which is fifty two minutes forty five seconds. So that's that's the that's where the, the the figure comes from. Yep, and the lesson there is that if you get 
two exclusive things and compare them, you can draw conclusions to prove pretty much anything you want. Mm-hmm. So, however, there is no doubt about it that um, the, and I mean, although it's not really a a, a time thing, a, a timing thing in terms of like actual gameplay yeah. you get, but yeah, I, the video referee stuff was just so much better. Yep, and faster. Yep. and and more importantly, most importantly. Correct. Yes, like exactly. They, like there might have been one botched call, I think, on the entire weekend, and it wasn't even a, it wasn't like a botched call. It wasn't. Mm. It didn't affect the, the outcome of a match. Yep. And it wasn't really botched either. It was just you know people had an, you know yep. an opinion about what happened. But yeah. the way that you know the way that the the dude you know just walks you know say okay I want to see this camera. This is what I'm looking at here. Okay, that's good. Going down to this, uh, see what's happened here. That's that's come off there. You know, okay, so move on to that. Okay, made a decision, sending it up. You know. Which is so much better than fucking, fucking idiots in the commentary box throwing out, oh, oh this is what I think and this is what I think. Exactly, what you, I don't, think. you don't get that at all. You don't hear that at all it's, because oh. because you need to hear the audio from the bunker. You don't get the commentators speculating, and I honestly that feeds the ref's fault shit ninety nine yeah. percent of the time. Yep, because they'll get it wrong, or you'll get someone like Phil Good going, no, 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 no. Oh, how did he? You know. It's a knock, you know, it's clear, it's not an obstruction. Oh, they've just got to let that go. I mean, that's footy. When you get that gronk fucking idiot mentality out of the, out of comment, commentating on what is happening in a play that's being reviewed for a try, and you just boil it down to a dude that's just going, rule, 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 yep, there's my decision, go on. Yep. It's fine. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought this bunker thing. I was, you know, we we spoke about it. It had been on the cards for you know for a couple of years, I think, and then always raised in in meetings and and like I, I, the idea in theory sounded great. And then you think you see in practice, think you know, you see the video referee. Like, how is it really going to make a difference? Because they're so fucked making decisions anyway. Yep. But in practice, I was stunned. Like I thought it was, I yeah. thought it was amazing, and it totally blindsided me just how good it was. I, I think the bunker is a fantastic initiative. Um, I'm not sure that the shot clock did much because uh, from what I saw, I don't know how many of the grounds actually had a shot clock that the players could see. I think they, I think they would have had them. Um, I think they would have been there. I mean, you don't necessarily see them on TV. I know, though, like... I know definitely in the uh, Melbourne Dragons game yeah. that there was not a shot clock that the players could see okay. anywhere on the field. So what were they doing um, for? What, so I, I don't even remember what they. How were they? How they refs know? were saying shot clock started. Oh, okay, and we're giving you know giving them little updates. Yeah. But. Well, the thing is, they're finding they're finding with the shot clock that um that people are like for example the the drop goals. I think they had um they're like thirty sec thirty seconds and they they were you know getting rid of it in twenty five. So what it does not necessarily like a, the defined time period, but what it does it just mean it, it just makes them get rid of it as quick yeah, as they can. That's you it, know, which is great. Which is to stop stop delays and stop you know dribbling the ball over the line and oh gee it's got soap on it I can't pick it up to take this drop, drop this shot clock yeah, give my guys so. an extra minutes rest you know all that it takes that out of it and you know it's fantastic. It, it basically removes eighty percent of Cameron Smith's game. <laughs> well, any just. Any anyone who takes the, the drop um, kick, but they'll do I, it. I think the bunker was fantastic. the The shot clock is is going to be a good initi- initiative once they get them up on the ground. Yep. I don't think the article around the fact that we get ninety seconds needed to be written about it. I think it can stand on its own merits. With these are the correct results. Uh, this was the uh, reception by fans and players. Yep. Just tell it how it is. And I swear it's cut down. You know, anecdotally on Twitter, it's cut down. I, I tweeted something over the weekend. Said sixty percent, but I think it's actually closer to eighty percent 
of ref's fault. I didn't see any sustained ref's fault on Twitter until Monday Night Football. Mm. And there was a lot coming from the Dragons fans. So in a weekend that was, you know, so pleasingly devoid of ref's fault, yep. Dragons fans had to fucking ruin it for everybody on Monday night. So, you know, pat yourselves on the back. GST motherfuckers. Next. The NRL is set to proceed against the forgotten Cronulla Five, the handful of Sharks players who declined a doped and duped deal with Asada that saw many of their teammates serve a three-game suspension in 2014. Lawyers for the five players, Colin Best, Paul Aton, Ben Pomeroy, John Williams and Stuart Flanagan, were served by the NRL with violation notices on Monday. The players will be given two weeks to respond and face a potential two-year ban. The case of the Cronulla Five was mentioned last week in a Senate committee hearing where Asada Chief Executive Ben McDevitt was asked why the NRL had not acted against the players. McDevitt said he had asked the same question. The NRL's approach to doping matters is to provide the parties with the notices together with a brief of evidence. This includes information from Asada together with any relevant detail from the defamation case. While the Cronulla Five were subject to the same 2011 doping regime as the players who were given a backdated suspension, they did not admit guilt. The lawyers for the five will presumably argue they should receive the same suspension, but the NRL is mindful Asada would argue otherwise and potentially appeal a light sentence to WADA. Should the players contest the case, it will be headed to the NRL's anti-doping tribunal. So the first thing here is, what realistically does a two-year ban do to any of those players except for Paul Aton, who is signed to Catalans in, in England, mm-hmm. sorry, in France, but in the ESL? What... Um, what is a two year? What's a two year thing going to do to Colin Best, who retired in like fucking two thousand twelve? Is it a, a complete ban where they can no longer ban have any life. association? <laughs> <laughs> ban is, sorry, you got to stay home. It's house arrest, bitch, for two years. Um, are any of them working for a club? Like, are any of them coaching? I don't know. I did a quick. I did a quick little. I, I did a quick little uh, whiz through just to to make sure that they were, you know, that they were the, ones that, the ones that I thought weren't, weren't playing yeah. weren't, weren't actually playing yeah. in England or somewhere. Um, so it's, it's an excellent question. I'm just trying to think what happens when it comes to like drug suspensions. The things, the the ones that I'm try, I try and bring to mind are like in in mixed martial arts, and I'm just trying to think if people suspended can corner fighters and things like that because it'd be a similar sort of situation to mm. I don't think it's a it's performance thing I don't think it I don't think a coach like you know that was on you know I don't, I don't think yeah but uh, if, if they're saying yeah. if they're saying they're banned from the game are they saying they're banned from rugby league or banned from competitive sport or was it yeah, well, it, well okay it'd be under the Asada thing so it would be competitive it would be as competitive sport in terms of they couldn't you know lob up and play at a proper level of you know, basketball. So if Colin Best's so. taking on a fucking curling career post well, NRL, yeah, if they're under the auspices of Asada, I don't know how you could dope to give yourself an advantage in curling, though. Uh, heroin. <laughs> Maybe calm yourself down a bit. Um, first thing that came to mind when I read this was, it, I bet Sandor Earl feels like a right fuckwit at the moment. Well, he was kind of the one that, yeah, he's, 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 he's the, he's the only one that came that, out and yeah. and said, oh, look, yes, I yes, I did, but I was unaware and... Yeah, and he got fucking punished for and, it hard. Oh, he got absolutely butt-fucked. Yep. Um, everyone else who just said, no, I didn't, no, I didn't, no, I didn't, I'm not admitting anything, I'm not admitting anything, I'm not admitting anything, played out for a couple of years and then... Yeah. And then all of a sudden it doesn't affect go, Oh, yeah, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of being duped. You know? I'm guilty of being stupid. Three weeks. It's, yeah. 
I understand these guys saying, you know, fuck that, I'm not pleading guilty. Mm. Because I don't think they should either. Because once again, if the it was like a club program that was presented to them as something, you know, from the club, and you know, you don't question that. That's why they've got all those strength and conditioning guys and dietitian guys, and they're all in there to, you know, presumably to do what the club wants to happen to you into yeah. you know, to make you a better player and yep. you know more durable and and uh, you know less prone to injury and stuff. If you, you know, if they're doing something, especially like young, I mean, admittedly, a lot of these guys are older players. Lucky gallons and stuff who should, you know, who have been around the sport long enough to fucking know better. But still, if it's presented like, you know, like this regime is something something we're doing. Yep. Like, I can imagine Manly players back in the day with Desi. I mean, I imagine they, if they were, um, you know, when he was doing all the Pioneer and all that shit, like, you know, like the calf's blood and stuff. Yeah. Like, sure, you know, what are they? They go, yeah, or, you know, they raise and go, is it yeah, for real? Is, but, you know, you know some if, level? if I was a player agent, what I would take from this was... Um, I would say to all of my players, if anyone ever goes to stick a needle in you or give you mm. a pill, then in your kit bag, you have this 20 forms yep. that you pull out and say, Rodeo, if you want to stick that in me, uh, or if you want me to swallow that, mm. then that sounds like a, yeah, a way yeah, that Sam yeah, used to have yeah, on I... Friday nights. But um, <laughs> if, if you want me to take this substance... Yep. Me being a player, am trusting you that there are no banned substances in this. Yeah. Uh, please sign here. And yeah. This is Although it. that 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 doesn't wash with the SADA because that's their whole thing is doesn't fucking matter. It's your responsibility, your singular responsibility, to know what the, to know what's in what you're putting in. Yeah, definitely. Which is what which because because it prevents things like that where you go, oh, do you know someone you know. Someone gave it to me and said it was this, and yeah. it was it was actually that because that's that's the number one, you know, excuse, excuse they use. Yeah. Is that you, they say things like, "Oh, it's, you know, it was you know someone just, you know someone gave me like a, a pre workout or something, and you know, you know, fucking roids in it, <laughs> full of them steroids <laughs> that I heard about on the news. I thought it was a Mars bar. <laughs> it was turned that someone injected steroids in it. Turns out it was Wendell Taylor. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then of course that goes back to the form for the form that you have to sign. You know, if someone wants you to swallow a substance or something like that. Yeah, This Week in League is brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile's League Live, the ultimate NRL app, putting the NRL at your fingertips with news, scores, viewing schedules, match day information, and more. And it uh, saved my ass a couple of times, particularly on Sunday afternoon when I was at the pub watching the UFC. And uh, there was, it wasn't a situation where there was a pub that had, you know, it had multiple TVs in there on the go around the walls, but all of them were on the UFC because the place was absolutely fucking packed. And so people were just taking whatever vantage point they could to look at look at a TV to see what was going down. So yeah, uh, to follow the Sunday afternoon games, uh, League Live app fucking saved the day as it always does. Look, there's lots of things in life that you can go through every day just taking for granted, uh, such as Tigers declining. Mm-hmm. But if you had the League Live app, you would have seen 
in real time with statistical mathematical proof that on the weekend the <laughs> Tigers definitely did decline. Genius. Admittedly, they did have to climb up. You know, they they had to climb a little bit first, so they had some more. So they had a bit of wiggle room to decline down. You saw the incline. Yeah. You, yeah. you saw the rise before the fall. Yep. But it was all there, mapped out in real time. Wonderful to watch. Exactly. Search for Sportsmate in the App Store or Google Play. Download League Live today, and make sure you send some tweets to at Sportsmate to uh, let them know how much you love the app. Tell them and, we sent you. Uh, and tell them that we, yeah, exactly. And tell them that you, you're loving the fact that they're getting behind the number one rugby league podcast in the world. Recaps for round one of the 2016 NRL season. Kicked off Thursday night, the Brisbane Broncos 17 defeating the Parramatta Eels 4 at the Pillow Fortress in front of a good crowd of just over 17,000 people in attendance. And the points went as follows. The Broncos 17 came from tries to Kahu, Milford and Corey Oates. Milford grabbed a field goal late. Corey Parker and Milford with penalty goals. And Corey Parker, conversions, zero from three. Um, Supercoach can't fucking pull it together. And the Eels tried to Clinton Gutherson. That was it. Yeah, the the Broncos definitely looked uh, as if they'd had a much more complete off-season. I'm not sure whether it was the prep they had for the World Club Challenge or or whether just their, their general... Uh, pre-season was more cohesive, but they looked like they'd played the grand final the week before. And, and yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far, but they did look they, they, the they did look like that in the first twenty minutes. though. yep. I mean, the game then sort of de- degenerated a little bit and deteriorated. Into, like Parramatta were never much chop, but the Broncos, uh, you know, were kind of dragged down to their level. I think a little bit as well, where it looked like for a time there that they could just you know, put the foot down and just fucking slaughter them. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it didn't end up being that way. I mean, this is a good win, but... Uh, Corey Oates out wide. Yeah. Fuck, he looked dangerous uh, almost yeah. every time he touched the ball. I didn't yeah. realise he'd been around since 2013. Uh, very, very, I, he's had very limited chances. He has. At the um, Broncos, which is, you know, bizarre considering he's had, you know, people like Jack Reed, The world's slowest uh, outside back. Um, and like Rangers, I mean, like, just their place in the game. <laughs> I mean, you got you name about like five <laughs> ever that any that you know got reached any heights. <laughs> Fatty Brett Dallas. What do you think about it? I mean, like Peter Wallace, sort of. I mean, but he's more like a strawberry blonde. He's strawberry blonde. <laughs> Strawberry blonde is just like a is just like a, a, a ranger saying that like you know like when you, <laughs> that's why they describe themselves when they're ashamed of what they are. <laughs> um, everything I read after this game said that oh it wasn't so bad for Parramatta and they could take a lot out of it and uh, you know they had fallen out they lost Norman and they only went down to the favourites by thirteen points. I don't think that having Corey Norman and Kieran Foran on the field for 80 minutes that game would have changed much and I'm not sure it would have reduced the margin uh, Brisbane played very good football in the first half and, mm-hmm. and it was a very smart Wayne Bennett game plan he knew that the toughest thing in the first couple of rounds is going to be match fitness Yep. so get out there and in the first half put your points on uh, and then for most of the second half Brisbane just played very safe Smart rugby league. There are a couple of little errors in there, but you're going to get that with any team in the first round. Uh, But very much like they did last year, it was five very simple safe hit-ups, and then Ben Hunt kicked the ball into the corner, or if he could, kicked it dead. Uh, 
Yep. Uh, that, I believe, is, is what went a long way to costing them the grand final against the Cowboys when oh, they got shit. into that yeah. defensive yeah. mode. Oh, they, were uh, doing that, they were doing that from about the 55th minute in the grand final. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, who knows what opportunities they had to put points on, but surely something if they had to chuck it around a bit you know they were safe to the point of like you know attacking from 40 metres out and putting it over the line yeah yeah so, yeah um, nuts but I think first round of the season I yeah, think that's an incredibly means. smart way to play yeah. Uh, and yeah, they had injury troubles of their own and Kahu coming off wasn't yep. wasn't in anyone's game plan yep. uh, and I think this year with the new interchange rule more than a few games will be decided uh, by how a team covers the loss of an outside back so, um, Brisbane looked too smooth. At Bay Bay BNC, I said, a boring opening game, but at least Parramatta have lost in the world is as it should be. True, Ryan Finance. So true. Disappointing game from an entertainment standpoint, it really was. Yeah. But, uh, but fuck, it's good to have footy back. Uh, Devon Head. It's a different story when Parramatta have to play, sorry, when Parra have to play more than 18 minute games. Yes. Cruise 06, Bronx played like Parra. And Para just did Para to the power of the Knights. Ash, welcome back. <laughs> yeah. That's a Broncos fan with that blunt assessment too. I mean, I don't think the wow. Broncos they weren't that bad, but it was a it, it was a un, an, an unspectacular like it was an unexciting game, and that was just uh, you oh. know by virtue of the Hang unadventurous on. nature. What of the, the fuck's everybody so surprised about? We have a Wayne Bennett coach team as premiership favourites. <laughs> yeah, but they fucking you know. They put, you know, they had electrifying fucking Milford and Hunt stuff. Yeah, and look, there was still this game, Corey Oates making a break up the side and then putting a kick through and Milford running through and pouncing on it. Yeah. But for the majority of the game, you're going to get Wayne Bennett-style rugby league. Yeah. Yep. The Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, 28, defeated the Mighty Manly Seagulls, 6 at Brookvale Oval in front of a crowd of 16,500. Uh, Friday Night Football this one was of course the Doggies points came to Hopper Jr Cassiano Josh Morris Curtis Rona Sam Perrett uh, by three or five conversions and a penalty goal uh, Manly tried George Tafua incredible put down and a goal from the sideline from Jamie Lyon wasn't get an, into it wasn't an incredible put down it's fucking incredible it wasn't behind it was the lucky. back fucking, it was fucking lucky behind the back with a little twist and just like the fucking yeah. presence of mind, knowledge of where he was you're in the field. Fucking delusional. Knowledge of the try line, knowledge of the sideline. <laughs> you're, you're delusional as those idiots <laughs> that made the, the VB Blues team of the week and put George Tafur in there because oh, he I closed did. his eyes, grasped at the air and something stuck. Um, <laughs> look, the Canterbury obviously were going to come out, come out early and, and muscle up. Uh, I have not seen a team of big men look that fit and ready in round one since... Uh, Des was coaching Manly. Yeah, thanks to thanks to uh, the Penn the Penn family for that. So I, th- I think by he's sending done. Manly strength and conditioning guy to the Dogs and getting thirteen kilos off Cassiano between Christmas and now. Yeah, mm. when, when people had said he'd lost thirteen kilos, I thought he'd chopped a leg off. Yeah. He, he actually looked uh, or just trim or, and or just and taking a shit um, before he stepped on the scale. The, I saw an article today that said he would eat seven kebabs in a, in a sitting. Wow. That's a monster. I don't one, care who like you are. One kebab will fucking put you down. Yeah. Seven. I, I, I struggle if they put too much hummus on it. Oh. But, uh, the, the one thing I got out of this game early on was that the, the new way the referees are playing advantage yep. is 
a a brilliant thing. Yep. Uh, they're not as whistle happy as they were in terms of just destroying all potential advantages yep. as soon as there was an infringement on the whistle. Yep. Uh, I, I think they did really well there, and you see it in in the odd game. The guys that play to the whistle. Yep. come up with the goods. The guy that just keeps running, he hasn't heard anything. Yep. Everyone else stops and looks around because they think there's been a knock-on. Yep. Nothing's called, yep. and away he goes. I think that matched with how effective the bunker's going to be. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll have some, some pretty exciting results. Uh, DCE failed to find the grass on the end of a few ordinary sets, which made them even more ordinary. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and even, even that, that stuff... You don't even don't even need to get into that because that's the least of it. The fucking main problem is I think there was four times, at least four times, where they either dropped it, carting it back, or like and so like ten meters within ten, fifteen meters of the try line, or giving penalties away when the dogs are on attack ten meters out. There must have been four times where they dropped it or or, or uh, dropped it or you know, knocked it on or turned it straight over, mm. um, and then there was probably four again penalties 10 metres out on the end of, you know, two or three sets in the yep. first place. Yep. And they fucking, they gifted three tries just sheerly, just sheerly through that. Through no other reason. And um, and basically that was it. Killed themselves. Any chance of uh, getting into the game? I think one thing Trent Barrett's brought to the team, um, yeah, he's a sexy, sexy man. Uh, and he's brought some style he's brought some, to the team. He's brought some fucking... The issue is Penrith he's, mediocrity. He's he's that charismatic of an individual that a whole bunch of manly players have gone. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going to style up for Trent. The trouble is, four of the fuckers turned up to the barbers with a photo of Soldier Boy and said, <laughs> "I want this cunt's haircut." <laughs> and if they'd have spent a little bit more time practicing keeping their eye on the ball uh, <laughs> instead of doing their fucking Soldier Boy Superman then the result might have been a little bit different. Um, shit haircut, Matt Eye. His Matt, swing... Matt incredible. It's not. It's fucked. It's but his, the only thing worse than his haircut is his swinging arm. And there's nothing wrong with his swinging arm. No, there's nothing wrong with his shoulder, but when he's got... He's got to swing the arm. You've got to wrap a man up. You can't shoulder charge anymore. Yeah, you can't. You've got to wrap him. Look, last year... You've got to wrap him. Matt, Matt Eye's stupid swinging arms... Gave away penalties. Oh, and barely. They gave away meters. He's got a, he's 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 got a reputation that he hasn't lived up to since two thousand and ten. Yeah, seriously. So so does my sex life, but I don't tell anyone that. But say, I'm just saying, people people are like, oh, Matai does this. He doesn't. He doesn't really. He hasn't really done it since like two thousand and ten. Uh, well, the, the one time he decided to go in hard in this game, yeah. he went in with a swinging arm, copped a bloke around the head. He, and, he did, he did not, because year, the match review committee said that's not the case. Well, in the game, it gives an interchange. <laughs> Regardless if the match review committee said it wasn't the case, if it's put on report, yeah. if there's contact with the head, teams get a free interchange. Yeah, but that should get docked next week for when, when that's going to... Fucking cunts. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, when that's going to have so much of an impact on the season in yeah. terms of uh, yeah. player strain... Then oh, yeah, I mean, away across, across, the, across the whole across the whole round, I didn't really see a lot of a massive amount of impact of the interchange. Not as much as I thought it. Not be. an interchange, yeah. um, but you know, like the reduction. Like I thought, I thought there'd be significant, like little men running rampant sort of thing. You know, last twenty minutes kind yeah. of thing. But not so much. Not as much as I thought. Maybe as they learn to exploit it a bit more, and yeah. people you know, get and their rotations going. But you know, look, even the fittest little man coming back in round one is still going to be yeah. half fucked by the. 
by yep. the middle of the second half. Yep. Uh, I think as the year goes on, you'll see a little bit more yep. of that. Uh, maybe coaches being a little bit smarter in terms of how they use their bench and who they keep on there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but final result, dogs got up. Manly looked like busted hope solos. Um, what? That's about it. Dylan Walker's not fucking five eighth. I mean, the the absolute plan was for Jamie Lyon to be five eighth until you know Dylan Walker fucking you know stay listening to Nirvana and whatever else, and um. <laughs> Then they decided he's a five and he's he's not he's not a fucking five eight asshole. How long do they persist in in, in it though before they? You know, this is the thing: people are too fucking proud these days. The player will do what he's told, but the coach has like made this call. Like this is going to be you know he's a five eighth. How long how how long does he fucking persist in the experiment mm. before saying okay yeah that's not going to work let's change something? I understand you know they they're really like resistant to being like really reactive and go, okay, bam, I'm going to change it straight away. Yep. And I, I get that. But, you know, how long? What's the time limit? Because, like, I don't think he's got any future in 5.8. Put Jamie Lyon there, it'd be sensational. Um, and this other thing is Overrated as fuck. I thought so when we signed him. And, like, and then you see the preseason that Matty Parcell had. No, he's the good, and, the he's, and, No, no. He's he's, good. You, you guys did well fucking, to take him. You was, guys did really well to take he him. Was, well he's, done. Yep, he's fucking hopeless. Um, Parcell comes on. Changes the game. Different, different changes changes the game, and like that wasn't like an interchange thing and like a guy taking advantage of shit. That's just a guy that gives better service. And um, yeah. someone raised it to me that he only saw he saw Matty Parcel pass to Dylan Walker once, <laughs> and then that was it. Didn't do it again. So like you know, the the players know fucking shift Walker out, put him in the centres where he fucking belongs. Yep. Bring Killer in. He's only the greatest Premiership winning fucking five eighth of all time. You know, margin wise in the grand final. So, you know, happy for him to do that again. Oh, I think Brad Fittler would have something to say about that. Oh, Brad Fittler won a grand final 40 0, did he? You'll have to show me where that happened in the record books. I must have been in a coma that year. No, 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 no. no. But, yeah, the, this, this <laughs> score, saying, the score's say, not, doesn't make him the greatest well, premiership winning 5 8 of all time. I said with the margin. So the score exactly does, because how else yeah, do you that, get a margin for the score? Greatest. How is that the greatest margin? Because forty nil is a bigger margin than any other grand final in it's history. It's the biggest margin, not the greatest margin. A margin, of, greatest si- margin. A margin of six against a quality opponent <sighs> is more worth, so worth gra- more so, than, so, than forty. Yeah, forty nil over yeah. a team two million dollars over the cap. Exactly. It's, yeah, it, it actually should have been. It's the equivalent of getting eighty nil over like a regular side. The universe was against <laughs> them. It was they were never going to win. <laughs> but they did anyway, thanks to Jamie Lyon in five eighth. <laughs> Got him with a forty nil victory. Um, yeah, so get in conclusion, Matty Parcel to start, Chorus out of the New South Wales Cup, Walker to centres, line to five eighth, and fucking Braden Williams in the fucking bin. <laughs> and then stuff it with fucking newspaper and set the bin on fire and then take it to San Francisco up the top of a fucking hill, crash a tram into it, and then roll it down one of those steep ass hills like like a fucking car chase from bullet. And then into the fucking sea. The yep. sea off the side of Alcatraz where the sharks and the sharks get into the burning bin and eat the fucking remains out of the bin and then shit them out into the sea and then they float away and get irradiated in, in, on the shores of Fukushima and we never speak of him again. How's about that? Fuck, if anybody <laughs> ever wondered what the actual sound of butthurt was. <laughs> that motherfucker's had 12 NRL starts. Get that on Wikipedia. Hey, he's had, he's had 12 NRL starts. Guess how many wins he's got to show for it. 
Zero. Oh, he's never won a game ever. I think the first game he's ever won in fir- in, in first grade in oh. quotes was um in the nines. Yeah. Okay. That's very ordinary. They say winning is a habit. They say losing is a habit. Certainly a habit for this motherfucker. Brett Stewart and you know what Brett Stewart would have really changed his game a lot because there's a lot of time with Turbo trying to do the Brett Stewart thing like chiming in the back line and like even with the, the try they scored that pass he threw to Tafua was fucking hopeless it was yeah. just genius from Tafua to you know make something of it um, he just doesn't have like that you know that, that touch you know soft hands you know passing game yep. giving the pinpoint offloads yep. and things when, and, yep. and so he's like a good fullback at the fullback stuff like he can bring a ball back he can take a high ball all that. yeah that's great but the the whole chiming in thing that fullbacks now have to have as part of their repertoire, he's not he's not quite up on that yet, and he's not quite big enough yet. He's got to put on a bit of size before he's you know like a, a yeah. You know what, you know what the worry is? The minute he has two good games of fullback, some idiot will figure out that he needs to move into the halves. Yeah, that ch- that that only tends to happen if he if he gets the call that he's you know the you know he's like a young, he plays like a young Darren Lockyer. Oh, fuck off. Or maybe maybe you know, Tommy Turbo can be like a young Matthew Moylan. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Leave him at fullback. Uh, Twitter, CK Jonesy. Coaches should be judged on their results. There's so many. There's so many. Le- there's so many layers to that. That that fucking tweet is an onion when you put all the context in it. Um, that that tweet is the tweet equivalent of history happens. No, 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 it's not. Yeah. I'll fill you in. I'll fill you in with stuff after. Berkeley underscore Eagle, sack the curse. Willie Arm, twelve games, zero <laughs> wins. Uh, at forty zip, it can only be all good from here. Good to get all that shit out of the system. Hash go manly. And th- th- you know, the the real thing is they they look like a team that hadn't fucking played an NRL exactly. game together. Exactly. You know? And guess what? Yeah, uh, sexy underscore Bethany ninety seven. Uh, manly on the undefeated asterisk run to the wooden spoon. Hash fuck manly. Hash two thousand fifteen best year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say that your life is setting very low bars <laughs> to vault or, or to fucking limbo underneath of uh, uh, at Angry Stink. Why is it I feel everything ex Penrith was at fault tonight? Ash Sabotage. Oi. You've got to be right. Lewis Brown, Coruscant, Trent Barrett. Any other motherfuckers in there? Yeah. Isaac well, John didn't play, so it's not his fault. Unless the oranges were tainted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Special K Online. Dylan Walker is to six. As Glenn is the podcasting. <laughs> Canberra Raiders, 30. The feed, the Penrith Panthers, 22. A GIO stadium down in Canberra in front of a crowd of just over 11,000. Very fucking hot day, too, is my understanding. Yeah. The Raiders, 30, came from tries to Edric Lee, Blake Austin, double to Caesar, Sean Fenson with a try at the end. Jared Croker, two of four conversions and three penalty goals from three attempts. The Panthers, 22, came from tries to Trent Merrin, and Peter Hiku. Josh Mansour, soured, perfect. Three, three conversions, two of two goals. Yeah, it never ceases to amaze me why in the first weeks of the season, uh, the NRL insists on putting games on at two in the afternoon in 35 degree heat. Yeah, but you know, you don't know what the weather's going to be like in you know November when you put the drawer out. Yeah, you, it's Canberra, you're okay, well, that's, that's you, cold as fuck down there, it's all right. Oh, well, no, you know it's not winter in uh, in March. Yeah, but it's still, uh, like, you it's know still south, of, south of here, and here, like, you expect that. You Brisbane, know that you'd expect to have, average like, temperatures, Average temperatures for the first round mm-hmm. are always above 30 in the day, during the day. Yeah, but that's average, and that's, so, that's skewed by hell holes out west Sydney and, you know, north Queensland, Queensland, you know, Gold Coast. Places away Brisbane, from the coast. Places that, yeah, yeah like, yeah. Like Canberra. Like the gates of hell. Yeah. 
And uh, well, no, um, but I'm not southern gates. I'm not western. It it was uh, a painful game to watch in in some stages. To coin a phrase, uh, I thought Blake Austin looked good for the Raiders. Yeah, um, when he was on. Um, well, Caesar looked very good. Caesar looked very good when he was. Yeah, there were some positive signs for both of the clubs. We with some pretty simple areas for them to improve on. Um, Caesar looked comfy more than anything. He he didn't look like he was under any sort of pressure. He didn't look like it it was too much for him. Even after Austin went on, he he just sort of upped his his involvement. Um, the Canberra forwards did enough without being spectacular. Um, is a big loss for us. Uh, Tyrone Peachy's filling in for him and. I, it was my understanding that you had several young hookers in the mix, but we're just going to throw a back rower in there, eh? Is that an actual real team announcement, or is it going to be like on game day or you know just before game day we're actually going to see a shuffle and uh, a real hooker's going to go in there and Peachy will just take his place oh, on the bench or in the you know, back who, row? Who knows what happens these days once the team's out there for 10 minutes and yeah. people shift around and maybe there's a different position in yeah, I expect in, there'll in be a change for it. I don't think it comes out. I think there'll be a change um, for it. I think Peachy's fine. I, I think Peachy's solid in defence and he's got a little bit of attacking flair and if he gets a little bit of space out of dummy half, he can cause a lot of havoc. Yeah, he can, but I mean, the um, basic thing for a hooker is you need to be able to pass off the ground in a single way. And like, not everyone can do it. That's, no, exactly. That's a specialist, exactly. a specialist skill that... Even hookers, some hookers struggle with. <laughs> Happy, like Matty Matty Ballin wasn't wasn't the greatest, yeah. you know, speed service. Um, one one of the greatest things, one of the greatest things about watching Penrith games is that my uh, my usual rugby league watching buddy mm-hmm. is uh, the eldest in our house, nine year old, yeah, uh, who is a Penrith fan like me, um, brainwashed. Oh, brainwashed. Because she wasn't born down Campbelltown way. Uh, loyal. Or Penrith. Um, loyal. That's Dogs. But, but, <laughs> that's uh, the word you're looking for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the greatest things about watching, he he's playing under 10s this year, uh, and he also um, has a form of Asperger's. Mm-hmm. So he sees the world in an incredibly black and white way. Yep. Uh, so much so that in his in his first year, which was under sevens, when his coach said that he wanted to see everybody in there putting their hand up to make a tackle, yeah. Every time he went in for a tackle, he'd stick his right hand in the air like yeah. somebody going to kick a uh, kick a conversion, <laughs> like his Mark Riddell. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And, and, as he went in, so yeah. to him, a lot of stuff's literal. Uh, and watching the Penrith game, he was livid that they weren't getting benched for some of the stupid passes they were throwing out because that's what happens to his team. If you throw stupid offloads, if you don't wrap the ball up, yeah. um, if you've got sloppy handling, you get punished by it bench. is merciless. Yeah. Pull you off. And and that's what bugs me so much about a lot of Penrith games that it's the simple stuff. It's the yeah. under-10s shit yeah. that they can't get right. Um, it was good to see Jamie Soward taking on the line. There were a couple of times where he... Yeah. He looked to accelerate through. One time, I thought he could have gone, gone himself, um, and and ended up bombing it. But uh, any year that he takes the line on is is hopefully going to be a good one. And he didn't look to get too rattled. There were a couple of times yep. he had some big hits put on him, and he didn't get too nicked in the head. From what I saw, um, Peter Wallace was absolutely diabolical for us. You know, you're saying that redhead sounds yeah. as a uh, he's, he's officially demoted from strawberry blonde, and he's officially he's back to redhead again. 
He's no, oh, no. He's um, just useless. That's yeah. that's all I can. All he's I can say old about as him. fuck. You got to give him yeah, seniors. He's, he's old as fuck. But just give like seniors discount. Just like you say about a, a hooker that it's yeah. a specialist position, and you need yeah. to be able to give good service, pinpoint yeah. passes from the ground. Yeah. As a professional NRL number seven, for you to be forty meters out mm-hmm. and putting up attacking kicks that are landing fifteen meters from the try line, yeah, is is just completely unforgivable. The you know, either option that comes off there, yep. is com- is completely fucked for your team. So um, Peter Wallace getting the C. Uh, that performance made me a little bit worried about Canterbury this week, to be honest. Yeah, well, I don't think the halves are even an issue. I think the forwards are problems because that that's where Canberra they started getting they, they started rolling. And they just started like making huge yardage. Yeah. Like, when it was on the line, when it was like twenty-two all, as they started rolling, there was you know, no answer and, for yeah, it. And exactly, and then then the mistakes came in. And when the pressure was applied, you know, surprisingly, it wasn't Canberra that were, yeah, the ones that were actually, um, you know, falling over. So well done, Canberra. You got uh from D's nuts at D Matea. I want to say Matautia. D M A T A I A. Did anyone see that goose step from Fenston? Looks like he got a dead leg mid-flight. <laughs> That's funny. He looked like fucking Christopher Reeve doing a step. Um, Jesus, Christopher Reeve episode. Uh, Green Machine Pod. Nobody buddy uh, Said, boys, it was starting to feel like another close loss, but the Panthers couldn't tackle Fenston. Honest to God, Fenston. <laughs> hash stats man. <laughs> it was so funny, though. He's like, I'll do this step. Oh, you know, And then this does a non-step and still crashes through yeah. whoever it was out there trying to stop him. Oh, some funny shit. West Tigers 34 to feed the Warriors 26 Campbelltown Stadium under 11,000 people so yeah still kicking goals with the crowds as always out at Campbelltown and you know you say you want more white jerseys you fucking turn up uh, Tigers tries to Curtis Siren and Kyle Lovett David Nofaluma double to Teddy uh, Tim Simone with a try Moses 5 of 6 conversions defeating the Warriors 26 to double to Cutter Simon Mannering Bodine Thompson Sean Johnson also with tries and Lola Hayer 3 of 5 conversions well, Tigers came out fairly strong. They showed that uh, all the potential they have might actually add up to a little bit of delivery this year. Uh, the first half, Woods was good. I think Grant was strong. Um, Moses was solid. You know, he- yes, Moses was actually very good. And you know, you'd have to wonder how much Luke Brooks has been holding him back. So there's going to be a rupture in the TMB thing because Tedesco was, you know, he was still good. Yep. Moses was, you know, played some of the best football he's yep. played. And yet, you know, we didn't have Brooks there. So perhaps Brooks is the one holding TMB back. It, uh, he, he, he knew sort of just when to inject himself and, and just when to, to hold back and, and play safe. And uh, by the end of the first half, it really looked like the Warriors were, were mentally out of the game. It it looked even it looked even even sooner than that. But in the first uh, at the end of the first half, they that situation you know like they weren't chasing people. You know you could yeah. see they weren't turning and chasing. Like they, there was just no no commitment yeah. at all. And I uh, just worst fucking edge defence in the entire comp at this point. Mm. And uh, everyone's this this is one of the reasons why I I don't see the Warriors in the finals this year. I, um, I think I think given the correct. Team selections, i.e., no no Ashfords. <laughs> I think they I think they'd be they'd be they'll be fine, and, and you know, and the second half turnaround did you know did show that you know yeah. they they started you know putting it together as far as the tax concerned. I I don't know that that was so much about the Warriors, um, 
we have a lot of access to a lot of the games. Yeah. Um, the the coaches' halftime speeches are, are something we don't get yep. yet. I'm fairly sure that in the West Tigers dressing room at halftime, Robbie stuck his head in and just yeah got in front of the boys and said, boys, remember you're the West Tigers. Don't forget where you come from. And that's what led <laughs> to the leaking and decline yeah. in the second half. So I'd, I'd put that all down to Robbie. Um, it again, it's a, it, This round was categorised by, by teams that seemed to have you know started the year in similar um, conditions for the most part. Um, and, and I think the, the Tigers and the Warriors are going to be around each other on the ladder all year. Yep. So, I think that if the the side was any more quality than the Warriors, the Tigers would have would have just been absolutely yeah, thumped. And, and they, you might remember the Tigers put on like fucking like you know twenty points. They were pretty much racing the clock at the start there. Yeah. And so it was just a period where the, the Warriors just didn't aim up in any way, shape, or form. Mm. They had some similar similar things to the Manly, like you know giving away like dropping the ball in, in yep. very bad field position, giving away yep. penalties in very bad field position. Think dumb shit like that that just invites a team into the contest. And, and if they're good enough to score, then you know, then it, very quickly you find yourself out of the game. I mean, somehow they found themselves back in the game. The, the final scoreline wasn't a reflection uh, of the game because at the very end you just had like you know against the run of play like, you know yeah, yeah, try yeah. scored that blew it out a bit it was a two point margin at that point and they you know time on the clock and they were coming on yeah. strong but uh, I, th- I think the, the other thing you look at rocks and diamonds you know the stuff that was hurting them this year Fuck is, me, is that the same as last year game. Um, you know Manu he's if, hands fucking hands like yeah, flippers in this game if, if he if he hangs on to the ball yep. he makes 30 metres on the first tackle yep. and yeah, uh, and starts them off in good field position, or he drops the ball and puts them under immense pressure. Yep. So d- depending on on which mana you get on which play, yep. Uh, well, you know the the Warriors live and die on on stuff like that. Yep. So yeah, you know, good good signs from Tigers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, little Aussie battlers. Uh, and, you know, finally some you know some good signs good signs from the Warriors, but. Uh, Jesus we'll put it Christ. this way: in the, there's some commitment issues there, that, and to, I, I still believe that they're going to be the first team to swap coaches this year. Ivan Cleary is just waiting. The Warriors to get in there. The Warriors only completed 24 sets all game. Yeah. And so, if you look at some sort of stat of how many of those are in the second half, and 100 percent of them. <laughs> what, what ratio of completed of tries sets, yeah. to completed sets the yep. Tigers leaked in the second half? Yeah. Same as the Warriors did in the first half. Yeah. Um, but that that's one area they got to shore up. Yep. Uh, Tall Hayden uh, Taylor trying to get a front row to punch him down the stairs again by refusing the optional drinks break. So I didn't pay any attention to that at all. But I mean, yeah, I mean the way that weekend was, mm. it's pretty fucking ordinary behaviour. Yeah, who who who's the lucky puncher at uh, Mad Monday? Yeah. Jason Taylor just seems like an absolute cunt of a human being. He really does, doesn't he? Uh, at Hammers H four M M E R Z. It's almost as if the hash footy guys were just waiting for Glenn to retire at uh, Wally Frogmore. Was the removal of the plug to the lake of shit Glenn resigning from the podcast? A lot of this common theme. <laughs> um, fuck, I didn't put the... So I, I, didn't, I didn't get the person's name on this one. I didn't put paste over, so I can't use that tweet because I can't give proper attribution um, another one Tiger Benji no wonder I drink it took me half an hour to compose myself enough to tweet and we won it's going to be a long season uh, Solzy04 those Tigers are so so good to us 
have one good half of football, climb the mountain, and then start the decline we all wanted. <laughs> the North Queensland Cowboys 20 defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 14 at 1300 Teeth Stadium in front of a crowd of 15,500 just over. The Cowboys 20 came from tries of Justin O'Neill, Kane Linnett, Ethan Lowe, Jonathan Thurston, perfect 3 of 3 conversions and a penalty goal, defeating the Sharks 14. Tries of Chad Townsend, Jack Bird, James Maloney, 2 of 2 conversions and a penalty goal. Yeah, the Cowboys are obviously buoyed by uh, having no real significant player changes um, mm-hmm. since last year, and they came out there and their combinations look slick. Yep. Everyone knows what they're doing within that team. One of the few teams um, in the comp to play a meaningful trial game. Mm. Um, I thought Tomalolo had an absolute blinder of a game. He just looked strong and, mm-hmm. and ready every time he, he carried the ball. Uh, the Sharks had you know, some some decent moments without looking remarkably different to the Sharks that we're all used to. Uh, I thought Ben Barber was average. and Hopefully this year will be the year that people stop asking, can he regain his Dally M winning form? No, he can't. Um, but it doesn't mean he can't be a contributor to, yeah, to the Sharks team. Yeah, contributor to the side. Um, Paul Gallen, as usual, has decided to start resting for origin. Yeah, he, uh, he's he's like a girlfriend who who gets you to to drop her at a club on on Friday night. He's you know, like, he's uh, I'm I'm only hanging out with 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 a few guys from work. No, they're only friends. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I guarantee you, it's like uh, you know, Flano drops drops Gallon off at the club, and then he's ten meters up the road. And Gallon's in the toilets giving a screaming eagle to the New South Wales selectors. It's just like, fuck me. Look, the thing is, the, the thing with Gallon is he's, he's, a, he's obviously a very good player. But fuck me, in terms of club football, he must be one of the lowest ROI players in the history of the game. Oh, man. Dead set. And for, like for the sheer, I mean, like Sam, yeah. Tom, yeah, Sam Tompkins was the one too, but yeah. Gallon, he'd, he'd actually provide a warm body for 80 minutes a week, yeah. generally speaking. But Gallon... Yeah. Like it feels like he plays like fucking ten games a year yeah. for the Sharkies, yeah. and and you just watch it'll be yeah, it'll be week two weeks or one week before Origin one, hundred and fifty meters. Yep, get Pick in for Origin. Yeah, injured game three season, <laughs> 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 or maybe back for finals or some shit. But I see I saw a thing saying that he wanted to play, he wanted to extend and play through twenty seventeen. Mate. Well, you know what? If I was being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars... Yeah, you'd never want the train to end. ...to yeah. to not do anything for three quarters of a yeah. season, I'd want to renew that shit too. Yeah, and bash a can every now and yeah. then, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But look, you know, the Sharkies, um, you know, they weren't too bad. I mean, up there, tough tough road trip. Um, first game of the season against a team that's had, you know, very good preparation because they actually had to play a meaningful trial in the World Club Challenge yep. match. Um so look, no, it's a good start to the season for those guys too, I think, and uh, certainly no shame in that. Um, Solzy zero four is a cracking game between the Sharks and Cowboys. Both teams can hold their heads up. Some good early season form. Agreed. Uh, Mitch Dawe thirteen, a Sharks fan. He said, uh, simply, hashtag Sharky's gonna shark, <laughs> and that is always the danger with the Sharkies. South Sydney Rabbitohs 42 defeated the Sydney Roosters 10 at Allianz. Crowd of over 25,000 in attendance. Rabbitohs 42 came from tries to Cameron McInnes, Aaron Gray, Paul Carter, Alex Johnson, Greg Inglis, Kyle Turner, Bryson Goodwin, and Heimel Hunt. 
Uh, we've got Reynolds, four of six conversions and one of two conversions to Bryson Goodwin and the Roosters, a double to Joe Burgess uh, with uh, one conversion from two attempts by Latrell Mitchell. Well, the bunny showed uh, again that a playmaker who excels in kick accuracy, mm-hmm. basically the opposite of Peter Wallace, mm-hmm. um, can go a long way towards building a successful team. Uh, you know, the forwards obviously did a very, very good job for South to get him within range, but Reynolds just absolutely schooled yep. on how to place kicks, how to place attacking kicks on a rugby league field. Um, I don't know what his motivation was. Sammy Burgess obviously won a, a grand final with a shattered face. Yep. Uh, I, I guess Reynolds thought that if he busted his face bones as well, maybe... Rusty would start shagging his mum too, and he'd end up being adopted, and he'd get. Or he'd to play, end up with another three brothers or something. Get, get to get to play dress ups in in Rusty's gladiator <laughs> costumes. Um, that that's going to be a big loss for him. It is. I mean, to, you know, good good heart to you know to to gut it out during the course of the game and everything. You know, to to get done what needed to be done. Um, but yeah, so he's out for a little yeah. a little bit now, and then compounded by Sutton, uh, you know, with a peck injury as well, he's out for a while as well. Yeah, um, a lot of fucking injuries this round. Massive too, amount of injuries. Um, I just I think it's fair to say that, that at least so far on 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 the evidence that we've been given, the uh, Blake Ferguson experiment at fullback is an absolute fucking disaster. Oh, fucking! I mean, he deserves big, every it's, part of that. It's a big, it's a bigger disaster than his attempts to to you know pick up women when he took it so literally. He tries He's, to pick her up like a bowling ball. You know, it, um, it actually um, looks like um, Blake Ferguson's been spending a bit of time at Terry Campese's hairdresser. He's <laughs> 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 fucking horrible. Um, he's he's he's, oh, oh, for lack of a better term, like fullback IQ. Is fucking negative. Yeah, he literally he doesn't have a fucking clue. And it's funny because remember, like Alex Johnson, when when Inglis was off on Origin duty as well, he was absolutely like you know you know fullback retarded. Yeah. And Blake Ferguson as bad if not worse. Yeah. I mean, you know, sure he can he can cut the ball. I mean, he can attack. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to like the fullback stuff, just hopeless. He's got a long way to go. I yeah. mean, If they if they're going to persist, again, in a, a specialized position. Yeah. That that requires a certain skill level and IQ. Um, for not just a centre that has a big ego that wants to fucking be a star yeah um, I thought SKD was probably the best on the field for the Roosters um, he had a very very solid game and Hastings was trying his guts out to create something yeah they got fucking slaughtered they got, they got slaughtered early that was the biggest problem the, with the two young halves they'd, they'd checked out the rest of the Roosters team had checked out well before half time yeah and as physical as our game is it is just as much about mental toughness and if that Roosters team who you know, were minor premiers last year yep. are checking out that early in a game then they've got a very very long season ahead of them yeah I, I totally misread I, I felt for sure that with the off season stuff and just the the, the poor form and, and player you know players lost I, I thought for sure that the Rabbitohs would, would take a bigger dip faster than the Roosters did but holy fuck! At least on the evidence of round one, anyway, that was um, you know they've actually used that from you know they've actually taken it to heart and uh, came out and played accordingly. Yep. Especially like an ordin- the ordinary backline they trotted out too in that game. Um, at Trent Slats, great opening round battle between South and their traditional rivals, the Clock. <laughs> Ash Carver, <laughs> Australia. Nice to see the Roosters showing solidarity for Mitchell Pearce. At least I assume that's why they fucked the dog. 
I presumably fuck the dog means that you played a terrible game of football. Oh, I guess. probably just a harsher form of screwed the, the pooch. pooch. Yeah. yeah. A coarser and less dignified version <laughs> of screwed the pooch. Yes. And like, if there's one thing that we like on this show, it's coarse and undignified. <laughs> uh, Gold Coast Titans 30 defeat the Newcastle Knights 12 at uh, Hope Solo Coliseum. A crowd of 8,313. Could it be? Could it be that the crowd counters this year are actually telling it how it is? You know what? Because I can't how, imagine... How many people did they say they had there? 8313. Fuck. You know, for Gold Coast to not pack out Hope Solo on the closest thing they're going to get to a guaranteed win all year yeah. is fucking diabolical. Man, they can they can give tickets away and still not fill it. That's almost Roosters fans' level of shitness. I think, that, I think, they're, I think they're worse, to be honest. Oh, no. The Roosters will get 25 to a 40,000 seater, right? Yep. The, 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 I'm absolutely stunned that they call it 8313 because I've been in crowds at the Titans where I've been able to count everyone there yeah, in the, attendance and they'll call and like I'll sort of I'll, I'll have it about pegged about six and a half and then I'll call it 13 yeah well you know 8313 I can't believe that wasn't listed as 14,000 people when they do the crowd count down there they just wait until there's two trains passing each other at Rubina Station and add those people to the crowd numbers yeah. as well Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, the Gold Coast Titans 30, though, came and tries to John Olive. Ignatius Parsi, who uh, <laughs> fucked them right in the Parsi. <laughs> Double Anthony Don, uh, Zeb Taya, and uh, Tyrone Roberts, four or five conversions and uh, penalty goal. The Knights 12 came from uh, tries to uh, Pat Matautia and Daniel Saifidi and uh, Trent Hodkinson, two of two conversions. Yeah. Greg Bird looked to have had a bit of a decent rest. Uh, Greg Bird looked to have had a fucking game gameplay makeover in the sense that he moved away from that Gallon-esque ball hog in the 20 that he has been of late and he fucking turned into like a ball-playing forward and he actually was almost like a like a surrogate half in there to take the load off new and rookie halves. Fucking... Genius! He actually did the you know probably what he should be doing. He's probably what he should have always been doing. Oh. And it took the burden off the you know the, the the youngsters and the you know people from who come from terrible cultures like Tyrone Roberts. And he, he, you know yeah, I, 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 he fucking great. If he keeps doing that, it's a fucking good thing. Yeah, yeah. I was stunned. Greg, Greg Bird having good games early in the season worries the fuck out of me because all it means that the New South Wales selectors somehow confuse behaving like an absolute cunt of a human being on and off the field. They confuse that for being the origin type. Yeah, yeah. But if he does that in origin, I'm happy because, I mean, anything's better than him and Gallon just fucking getting the ball 20 minutes out and carting it forward. Yeah, which all you're going to get in origin is him being a fuckhead, giving away penalties at the worst possible times and... Basically pissing on the cop car that is that is our our origin team, uh, but no, he uh, he looked okay in this game. Um, I like that Parsi guy. Oh, I fucking like. He was good in the nine. I liked him in the nines. He was good in the nines, and he's and oh, I think I've got him on my super coach side. Yeah, Simply nice. because I just slow down fucking yeah. in the past. I mean, like, you imagine you're a Titans fan. I mean, you could even <laughs> make a, a, a little banner out of that. It could be a thing. If there were more than three fuck Titans in the fans, 
if there were more than three Titans fans in Twill Nation. Well, maybe if those fuckheads, you know, down the end, you know, stopped banging the drums and, and held up the banner instead. Yeah. People would thank them. One, no annoying drums. That's correct. Two, fantastic banner. Yeah, spot on. Spot on. But, uh, it's it, it was Spoonapalooza. Um even the high school. Please come early. Christmas yeah, in July. <laughs> exactly. Even the high school didn't didn't make this good. Yep. The, the Knights uh, unfortunately have a lot of work to do. Uh, I just hope that these early games don't do too much to to destroy the souls. Yeah. The time the times surprised me in this game, and it, might, it may have been to an extent that um the Knights were just exceptionally bad. Uh, they had a lot of rookies and and young young players in the side. My expectation was that perhaps that those players would have would have performed better than they did, mm. and as it turns out, they didn't, and they got fucking smacked. Yep, Devonhead at Devonhead. Bit early in the season for Spoonapalooza, but here we are, and there's there we were, and I think it's probably a, a good spoon preview. Do they play each other again later in the year? Uh, as I unlock my Check phone, sports mate, and go to the League Live app. Fucking sensational app, just quietly. Actually, you, you keep reading tweets. You I'll, it. I'll read tweets. You look it up using League Live. And uh, where are we? Jim Man Bear Pig. The Knights have ESL, Mathematical, and Hyperbowl written all over them. Hash cunts. At Maddie McP25. So all this time, Newcastle was holding Tyrone Roberts back. Who knew? Indeed. At Mario Siegs. Spoonapalooza lived down to all the expectations and helped everyone adjust Newcastle to back-to-back spooners. It is looking likely at this stage, although, you know, we can't call anything after anyone. At Cruzy06. I see the rock-solid blue chair army supporters are back this year for another strong supporter base for the Titans. Hash rock-solid. And if you're in attendance at that game, and you're someone that goes to the Titans games, you know, sort of regularly enough, like multiple times a season, let me know what you think the crowd looked like, um, and if it was actually that much smaller than it usually is. Because, I mean, like the last Manly game I went to... um, versus the Titans was on a Monday night and so it was cold. It was in it was like in July it was fucking cold it was Monday night and I'm sure they called it at you know over 10,000 crowd but it there was it was there were so few people there they had one end shut you couldn't even sit on one one of the ends so um, it had to have been less than that and that would have been very very empty looking um, at Giannis underscore Mateus Jesus either Hope Solo's vag has gotten bigger over the season or are there less people in it yeah, he's definitely been lurking. He has oh, definitely been definitely definitely been lurking. been lurking. Or it's like a name, or like a Twitter handle change, or something like that over the off season. But um, I'm digging your shit, though, dude. Well done. And finally, Monday night foot bitch, the Melbourne Storm 18 defeated the St George Illawarra Dragons 16 down at Amy Park. A crowd of just over 12,000 people in attendance. The Storm had doubled to Corbetti and tried at Kenneth Bromwich. Cameron Smith one of three conversions and two penalty goals from two attempts. The Dragons 16 came from tries to Jason Nightingale, Benji Marshall, Marshall, Tyson Frizzell. Widdop two of three conversions and he missed his only attempted penalty goal. There you go. As um, a draw, looking before we before we get into that, yeah, they uh, they play each other again. The Knights on the Gold Coast, so an actual Spoonapalooza at the proper end of the season, round 24. Oh, brilliant! So it uh, it's thank you NRL for scheduling. It's saying here, and I don't know if the the actual fixtures have been released yet, um, but it's saying it'll be Tuesday the 16th of August. <laughs> so that's, a, that's even less reason to watch it. <laughs> like, look, these, these Spoonapalooza games are taking up way too much weekend time. Let's just fucking bury it on Tuesday. 
Oh, it's community service right run there. It, I'll run it after sunrise, run it after fucking today's finished in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound that yeah. doesn't sound right to me. No, but, uh, sec- second half of the draw was released later in the year. Yes. Um, Dragons of the Storm, I didn't think it was a game that held very many surprises. And Bellamy exploded. Cameron Smith argued like a spoiled little fuckhead at every call. Uh, Bungie looked busted. And how he is worth... Six hundred thousand dollars, yeah, is fucking beyond me. He's only worth that um, kind of money in a third year or three year deal where you got some benefit at the front end of it. Yeah, it, know, like, yeah. Um, if I was Gareth Widdop, yeah, I would want to be on a fair site more than that, and I don't see how that's mathematically possible. Yeah, um, with with who they've got. One thing I was surprised at was, and and I've mentioned haircuts a couple of times tonight. Yeah, you're big on the haircut talk. I'll, you know what? There's been some fucking shockers this week, and yeah, but I mean, I I just find, look, I agree with you, but I just it just it's it just seems ridiculous to complain about haircuts in the NRL season when the nines are so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the number of man buns oh, in the nines, and and look, we we had the the king of the man buns, the bell end, yeah, running around for in the this game, yes, but he wasn't the worst on the field. Now, I, I don't watch a lot of Dragons games out of habit, and I don't even know this fucker's name, but there was a cunt running around there with a fucking urban samurai haircut. That's not even as a villain, right? And then, no, 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 no. De, DeBellin had the fucking... The so, like, so this, this guy had what I, what I would category, like, call like, a, like Pat Rafter hair. Yeah. No, like, but, <laughs> but worse. Except for that. that but shoulder, shoulder length. Yeah. Um... Like Keanu Reeves in that movie where he's a fucking samurai. I don't know what it's called, but there was a- he maybe was the last one. He, uh, the, well, Keanu is samurai. Fucking what is that? I've never seen that movie. Um, but there was one stage where where De Bellend has, has played the ball. Yep. Back to fucking urban samurai, and he's knocked on from the play of the ball, and it was it yeah. was just the the biggest. <laughs> fucking vacuum of, of worthwhile vision that I've ever seen on a rugby league field. Um, you're going to you're gonna make me head to the fucking the highlights now to try and track oh, who this fucker is. fucking horrible. Because it did, I mean, I'm going to be honest, it didn't, it didn't jump out and defend me the way it's, it's clearly... Dragon's Finger. It, it, clearly, it clearly touched you in the, in, the, in the bad place. I have a very fucking philosophy, a very fucking simple philosophy, right? If you're David Beckham level in your sport... Yep. Do what you want. Do whatever the fuck you want. If you are Dennis Rodman level in the in your sport, like if you're fucking Carmen Electra, yeah, have your hair however you want it, more power to you. You know, if you've got Michael Jordan saying that you're an integral part of the team, yeah, fuck, do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, I could never imagine Jordan saying that about anyone though. But when when you're playing, a for the Dragons, but b in a losing effort, yeah, and have been for so fucking long, you have no right to look like such a cunt. <laughs> We finally found your hot button issue. <laughs> oh, fucking man buns and fucking samurai haircuts. Yeah, and you say this, but you say this, knowing full fucking well that one of your best friends, if not your best friend, was rocking a fucking man bun for how long? 
I've, I've told him. And that's the thing about friends. Seriously, I've told him that it looked like a little knob for people to hang on to while they deep-throated him. Yeah. But, you know, and thankfully, he's gone back to a sensible fucking, you know, shaved head. Uh, but I'd, I'd love to see St. George fans rally as hard for this as they do when they want to sack and or save a coach or their saints. Yeah. Um, yeah. Make it stop. We're, we, I think we're gearing up to a bit of a save our saints if they can. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the Melbourne were were solid. The the big three look to be on song, um, which is probably the most promising sign for their season. The, yep. those, those three in decent form, fit and healthy, is more than most coaches would want to build a season around. Yep. Uh, some uncharacteristic fumbling errors from from some of the forwards, but first game. Of, uh, of the season you're going to get that uh, Gareth Widdop was was again very very good and showed what he'd be capable of given a, a more yeah, experienced pack of forwards yeah. um, I, I think you know if, if God, can you imagine if Gareth Widdop turned up next to Blake Austin yeah um, that, that'd be Gareth, a, Gareth Widdop up in uh, like you know behind mm. Bulldogs Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it uh, all in all, like I've said a couple of times, I think there are a lot of a lot of matchups this this week that peg teams at a fairly even rate. So, uh, no surprises there. Demon head. Expect with our hard draw and tonight's loss, the hash save our Saints brigade to start back up in four, three, two, one, at Matty McP twenty five. You can't have an undefeated asterisk season without the asterisk word. <laughs> I hear that. Well, we both hear that. Uh, at Landrigan Matt. Got stuck in Bundy without the lucky undies. Team so good we only just went down regardless. But you did go down. Giannis Mateus. Yes, underscore Mateus. I support gay marriage, same-sex adoption, women priests. But man at fullback and Dugan at centre is a law against God. And the base chapo. All those tattoos must be weighing Dugan down. Ash slow cunt, Ash dead V. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he was taken for pace a couple of times. He wasn't. I mean, that's... Old Dukes. Not a good sign for Origin. No. Previews. Kicking off uh, Thursday night down at the Muddy Puddle. Penrith Panthers take on... The Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Um, based purely on form from last week, you have to go Canterbury here. Mm-hmm. Um, all the hype about, oh yeah, we'll get the job done from from the Penrith media, well, isn't true. I don't think they'll get the job done at all. Uh, the dogs just look fitter, they look more determined, and they look more structured. Yep. Uh, whereas you know, Penrith are relying on on the miracle play every they look, they look like a team that's been they look like a team that's with the nucleus has been playing together for five years mm, exactly like, especially in forwards yeah um, and Josh Reynolds seems to have toned the fuck with down a little bit yeah at the moment so far so as as long as that stays in check um, I'm going with Canterbury uh, Canterbury or well, both sides missing their hookers after you know copping significant injuries. So Craig Garvey comes in for the dogs, and uh, as we mentioned earlier, Tyrone Peachy in for the Penrith Panthers. Um, whether that actually happens, or whether they get like uh, one of the younger players in, like Fisher Harris maybe in there. Mm-hmm. See how he goes. Mm-hmm. But um, it'd be interesting to see what uh, Super Coach Griffin 
has in store for the Penrith Panthers fans. Yeah. Look, I think the doggies will win. I think they'll, they'll win handsomely. Um, and, you know, we've, we've covered off the reasons why. Yep. Uh, you know, they're not without their issues as well. Um, but I just think at the early stage of the season, just like continuity and just, yeah. you know, a side that's actually playing as a unit this early, is it's hard to back It's hard to back against. Yeah, generally, you go, the, fit, the fitter team's going to come yep. away with the bickies. Yep. Brisbane Broncos versus the Warriors Friday night football. Broncos back to their traditional time slot at home at Suncorp Stadium. Um, I'll be at this game. Yeah? Yeah. So uh, not at all because the Broncos are my second team. No? You just want to make that nice and clear? No. I want to make that very clear. I fucking detest the Broncos and everything they stand for. But <laughs> unfortunately, living in Brisbane, uh, <laughs> the, op- the options for footy are limited. And with a young fella getting his uh, free... QRL card. Yep, NRL yep. Uh, NRL ticket every week. How do they work these days? I just fucking love that that card back in the day. Uh, all online. Yeah, it's all online. And what do they get these? Can they just get an every game free still, like general admission or one what game around? One game around. One game. Well, around. I mean, that's you know, like it's going to be tough for him to go to another. Which is fair enough. How do they um, stop you going to go on, to go on the Titans the next day? Uh, you got to log on. Oh, do you have to make you? Do you have to yeah. print a ticket out? So to, you got to log on. Oh, okay. Make your choice. Yep. Get in yep. there. Um... It's not bad at, at Suncorp if you get in to, bear in mind I'm with a kid here, yeah. but if you get into the uh, non-licensed area, yep. the level of uh, Gronk Broncos fan... Is lesser, because they're not, you know, they haven't uh, added Bundaberg rum. Yeah, is is lesser. Um, yep. I don't have to explain to my nine-year-old uh, what a useless cum dumpster is. Yeah. Uh, so that that's where we'll be. Because um, Penrith aren't playing, you're not talking to Peter Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Peter Wallace. Um, yeah, I think Brisbane will come away with this game very easily. What I'll be interested to see most of all is how they actually go away with it, whether they get out to a nice comfy lead and then play defensively again, or or whether they really put the sword in. Because if there's, if there's a team that has the potential to, to fuck up your plan of playing defensively, it's uh, it's Sean Johnson and his yeah. Warriors. I'm just really keen to see what the Warriors do if they come out like a second half Warriors, or there's just so many. Th- like like I thought I thought that Sean Johnson was you know he was he was fine last week. Robson was it's weird they had this you know just bland you know fucking person shoved into the shoved into the side you know where everyone where there's a lot of other brilliance in there. Isaac Luke he was he was okay. Ashford why Tuvasa Shek massively. Disappointed. Mm-hmm. Saw some things out there saying that RTS, you know, should you know, don't stand for Roger Tuvasa. Two of us check should be like returned to sender <laughs> because uh, I'll tell you what, the Roosters could fucking use him too, though. With the, you know, with Blakey being shit house, but yeah, he's got a lot to do to justify the the crazy cash that they got him over on. Look, I think the you know, Broncos at home all day, yep. every day. Warriors do have a have a, a historical tendency to upset the the apple cart at Lang Park against the Broncos but you know and that that stretches all the way back to their entry into the competition yeah but once again we're talking about the way that teams have gelled so far and the Warriors that first half was just diabolical so I, if they re- repeated that again the Broncos aren't going to let them back in that's for sure yeah Saturday Canberra Raiders take on Sydney Roosters at home again two in a row to start off the season and uh yeah this 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 was a a toughie. Um, this is a dilemma because... Who have the Roosters got back guaranteed? Have they released a... Or have they got their extended maybe bench? 
well, they got a couple of they got a couple of extra guys on there, but they are saying that uh, well, it's looking like they're they're going to push Burgess to nineteen, yeah, and uh, with Tupo and and Latrell Mitchell on the wings, and then Copley and Sean Kenny Dale in the centres, yep. Blake Ferguson named the one again, yep. The halves the same as last time with Nick Arima and Hastings, Cordner back. And uh, no, I don't think he's back for a little while, is he? Yeah, okay. He's like he, he's gone for like at least half a dozen. I think he's more important to the Roosters than a lot of people realise. Um, yeah, he, he and Aiden Guerra take on a very similar role on on most occasions, and and it was pretty apparent last weekend that we, without him there to shoulder the burden as well, Guerra wasn't anywhere near as effective. He says, well, "You look um, at that Roosters side, and you go, well, fuck, you know, like on paper, on paper, on paper, in air quotes, on paper." Um, Raiders are good last week, but they're losing two of their their great players. Yeah, but if, if Lachlan Croker getting his debut, if Caesar puts on an another, well, Caesar can't do shit because he's injured. That's what I'm saying. They've lost Caesar and the oh, Techno. Caesar's out too. Caesar and oh, Techno Viking gone. They're gone. That. They're both gone for a oh, couple like a Roosters. month. Yeah, Roosters. Then. So you got so you have debuting Lachlan Croker in five eight. You have Sam Williams uh, in seventh, who was you know big talk. He was going to keep Blake Austin out of the starting side. Well, you know. Happened yeah. not, you know, through no through no fault of your own. Yeah, oh, I just I think that the you know the the forwards will you know have a, have a fairly good shot against the Roosters one. The back lines questionable. It's just the halves. How are they going to get anything? I mean, unless unless Croker turns out to be a prodigy, and Sam Williams turns out to be better than Sam well, Williams. That's that we've seen all, you are know, we assuming that he's a relation of? Yeah, it has, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, we don't fact check here, you know. So, I mean, but he's bound to be. How many croakers are there in Canberra? They're all got to be from the same. Yeah. They're all grown from the same. So one, sea. one thing we can be assured of is there'll be some tears on the field at some stage. Well, you know, he might just be like Jared and just you know, keep him in his eyes. Yeah, just true. Like, you know, just keep him true. dwelling there. Yep. Like these, you know, glistening pools. <laughs> He's like a tear camel. <laughs> he just saves the shit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I, I struggle because roosters were fucked. But maybe there's that bounce back factor as well. On paper, they should be far better than they were. Um, Canberra, I don't know how they organisation wise. I just don't know how they're going to be without you know losing, you know, two of your halves in in one fell swoop. Is yeah, it's not ideal in in the start of you know second week of the season. Uh, so yeah, look, I'm going to very begrudgingly go with the roosters only because I believe that they should be better than what they displayed last week. And as a result, I think against a side that has been significantly weakened by injury, they should, you know, capitalise on that. Yep. South Sydney Rabbitohs versus Newcastle Knights, Saturday Arvo at ANZ. Rabbitohs by a thousand. Yeah, no Reynolds won't affect them. Rabbits by plenty. It's the no Reynolds thing. It's you know they're playing they're playing against the Knights. I don't think it's going to be an issue yeah. for them. I really don't. Uh, Parramatta Eels versus North Queensland Cowboys at the Pillow Fortress. This one, well, Parra have to bounce back. They've named Kieran Foran in the side. Whether he plays or not is another question, yeah. I suppose. But I think he might get back this week. And the Cowboys. Cowboys going to Cowboy. Yeah, I uh, I think I have to go with the Cowboys here. They've got the potential for a lot of points in them. Uh, and, again, they're playing, playing aggressive football for most of the match, as they do. I, I think that, uh, that they'll be able to put a... A fair score on. I just think that the Parramatta Eels, they're the Cowboys are the incumbent, and they've given us no reason whatsoever 
to doubt that their ability to win this game. The Eels, however, you know, all the signings and all the fanfare and everything delivered absolutely fuck all. And until they do, then I think they need to be treated, you know, you know, like Parramatta Eels should be treated yep. as a side that, you know, is a bottom four side. Yeah. And uh, as such, the Cowboys should uh, dispatch them handily. Cronulla Southern Sharks take on the St. George Laura Dragons. This one's on uh, Sunday Arvo. Shark Park. Yeah, I, I think I have to go with the Sharks here to Same. to start their win for the season. Um, just based on the form of, of the first round, they, they look to be the the more dangerous team of the two. Took the Premiers to the wires, the wire at... Uh, you know, a tough road trip. Admittedly, they, they have a you know they had had some recent luck up there, a recent good fortune up there in uh, in Townsville. But yeah, lo- you know this is a classic rivalry. Um, these two sides, the Dragons. They look the Dragons exceeded my expectations last week. However, they still fell short. Oh, I s- I just feel like the, overall the Sharks are a better side. And it's and it's that that will you know see them eke out a a a very not tight win but you know six to eight point max win and I think that's going to be the story of Cronulla too. I think they are going to be a team like that. Yeah, they'll smash too many people into oblivion. And now I say that and they'll win by fucking sixty. Mm. Melbourne Storm take on the Titans down in Melbourne. Yeah, never a positive road trip. Um, no. And again, purely based off form of last last week, I have to go with Melbourne. They've got much more experience. They got much more skill, and their coach is a fuckload scarier. So I, I think the little sloppy handling errors that we saw last week will uh, will be looking to disappear, and Melbourne will come away convincingly over the Titans. Just looking at this uh, this listing here, and um, something that I'm noticing in the uh, officials. You got your referees like your Ashley Kleins and and so forth and so on. Review officials. So the review officials are they they're the people that are sitting in the bunker, right? Mm-hmm. And you got a senior review official that oversees those. So the senior review official for this game is Luke Patton. Other review officials, one of them, Brian Norrie. Mm-hmm. Brian Norrie, who most recently played for the Melbourne Storm. So this is the next level purple storm chi. purple chi. Yeah. Where they've got one of their guys in the fucking bunker. They've infiltrated the bunker. Wow. With one of their own. So I'm very interested to hear the dialogue in there. Yeah. Now there's a mole in there. I'm interested to see the decisions that get referred and how they come back. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Look, I think the Titans were surprisingly surprisingly good last week, but it was against a uh, a predictably terrible Newcastle Knights side. Um, the Storm were very solid, but I mean, spectacular. I mean, the Dragons had chances to win the game and, and possession and so on, and they just they didn't crack. So it's that, that drilled Storm defensive side. Um, I think the Titans will do well to crack that. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the Storm. I don't think it'll be a, a smashing, but then again, you know, with the Titans issue, who knows? Maybe they do back up a really good win with a really poor performance. I don't know, but I still think the Storm are going to win no matter what. Monday night, Footbitch. The West Tigers take on the Manly Seagulls at Leichhardt Owls. That's two home games in a row for the Tigers as well. A couple of teams being uh, being blessed by the home games mm. early on in the season. Oh, my God, the head referees, Henry Perinara, they're fucking bottom of the barrel on Monday nights. And... Uh, Oh, God, the review officials. Bernard Sutton, Luke Patton. Dear, oh, dear. Okay, so, the side named by Manly 
includes uh, Tommy Turbo at fullback. Now, I believe that Brett Stewart is a very big chance of playing, and for me, that is a fucking critical part of the game. Not only for the beautiful things that Brett Stewart brings to the game and to the side, but also the flip side of that, where we have fucking Braden William, and, you know, we all remember, you know, back an hour ago how I feel about him. If he's in the side, I swear to God, it makes the West Tigers a 12-point better outfit. If, if Brett Stewart's not, if Brett Stewart's in our side, it makes us a twelve-point better outfit. Therefore, a differential reversal of twenty-four points. So <laughs> that's a match total of points right there, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, there's been some there's been some changes. None of the changes that I wanted, of course. Like Matty Parcell still not fucking starting. Dylan Walker still in fucking five. It's a masterstroke by Trent Barrett. However, they put fucking they put uh they put Jakey Turbo in the thirteen. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. I mean, he's not the he's not the biggest prop in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, it's an interesting choice. Yeah. Uh, Tapau's in second row. Yep. And uh, so yeah, they brought uh, Josh Starling's coming back up. Brenton Lawrence is coming back up. So they brought two props into the into the uh, into the lineup. Obviously, I felt like you know maybe they lacked a little bit of size or you know a bit of impact. I don't know if Josh Starling and Brenton Lawrence are the are the ones that are going to provide that impact. Uh, they played in the in Reggie's last week and Reggie's got fucking smashed. So if they can't dominate a Reggie's forward pack, oh, what are you talking about? They can't dominate a Reggie's <laughs> forward pack. They're playing a Reggie's forward pack in the West Tigers. Oh. Forget everything I said. Master Stroke, Super Coach Barrett, and uh, <laughs> Manly thirteen plus. Oh, Manly thirteen plus. <laughs> Okay. The more you put on, the more you get back. Luke Brooks has come back to completely fuck up Mitchell Moses' recent renaissance. Well, so here's the thing. The the Tigers had had moments of brilliance last week. Um, manly at patches were the rugby league equivalent of Michael J. Fox trying to drink a bottle of Coke with the with one hand. They were like, um, the, they were, they were, they were like the, Manly played like the West Tigers of rugby league. now i I was thinking this morning that uh for long-time listeners of the show you would remember some magnificent bets whenever the tigers met uh manly and in honor of glenn i was going to to put my hand up to to stand in in his place and actually take take the bet on behalf of west tigers then mm. I came to my we fucking pen- senses. Yeah, we, we got penned. And... There's, there's, there's Manly and Penrith history we can begin together as the season progresses. It's but, all good. Um, again, it it really, I think, comes down to... Um, if West Tigers can put on a full full game or even three-quarter game If they can replicate their form from yeah. la- their, like the, the flow of last week, it's, like if Manly allow them to also, yeah. you know, to... To get like a, build a lead early, it's the best and, and time of the year it. to be getting Manly. Put it that way oh. for the Tigers. Every week, um, they you know we should be seeing improvement out of Manly, and so you know I'm expecting from like sort of about the you know week five onward. Yeah, you know we start to see some some good things out of them. Okay. I don't expect to see anything good out of them at the moment. I think so it's the West Tigers. You'll see, um, and yeah, we'll be able to put to rest fairly convincingly whether players like Steve Maddai are actually. Leaders are actually men of conviction and uh I dare say Steve Matthai has shown that over the course of many, many seasons. No, it's when times get tough. When times get tough is when you see character. So we'll, we'll be able to put to bed once and for all um, wh- whether he's a, a true, true gentleman of character or whether he's just a useless grubby cunt who goes around with shit haircuts um, trying to look like the guy from the 
fucking offspring pretty fly for a white guy video. <laughs> that's where you go to for cornrows? Well, that's what he looks like. <laughs> I mean, like, the most, yeah, the, sure, the most more famous examples of cornrows, you know, in, in popular culture would be Snoop. He's not fucking Snoop Dogg. You don't get a Snoop Dogg comparison. He's not fucking Snoop Dogg. Well, that's that's interesting because that relationship would be hard to maintain over such a long distance. No, no, no. There's, there's a comma in that sentence. I'll write it down for you if you want. But, Where's uh, the comma? He's not fucking Snoop Dogg. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it really will take a couple of manly senior, senior players to, uh, to stand up. Um, so we'll see if they stand up or bend over. Exactly. And that is full time for episode 212. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League and Facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. And if you haven't got around Jay yet, at Jar TV, J A R TV. I saw someone tweet like uh, to us to to this week in league, and then they obviously heard me say at Jar TV, and it's like J A H TV, like you're like Rastafarian. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I know a lot of the Tool Nation. There's some out there I obviously don't know. Yep. Get in, tweet to the uh, the this week in league account, or tweet to me. Tell me who you are. Tell me what team you support. Um, I'll get, and, you on, I'll get you on this week in league account too and, and so you can look at that shit and, and, and reply get into me when Penrith are playing yep which is every weekend yeah that's it funnily enough um, give me give me someone to rally against every, everyone's been really really nice yeah it's true like Glenn had about five or six mortal enemies on Twitter yeah they used to give it to him so yeah so Jay needs a nemesis yeah He's a, he needs a Twitter nemesis I've seen I, someone signed up to our fucking tipping comp, like, calling himself, like, you know, the, the anti-Nate or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, my on. Twitter profile picture Look upside good. down. Like. I, I had I had one, the Glenn and the Biggest Tiger tried to get into me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did, yeah. The, the other night, um, then then the Biggest Tiger dropped a, a meme of uh, Brian Cranston from Breaking yeah. Bad doing the microphone drop. Yeah. And uh, I, I sent back that the, the standard for a Cranston meme has declined... Worse than a Tiger's second half performance, to which he and Glenn started replying that um, it, it was Moylan-like in its in its shitness or yeah. uh, it's Gus-like in its uselessness. That's just accepting to, the, uh, the well. To which, I, to which I said that well, the, they were basically uh, slagging off their own Themselves. memes. Yeah. So I posted a picture of the uh, Bugs Bunny Daffy Duck <laughs> rabbit season duck season. So come at me, bro. Review on iTunes, my favourite podcast, period, five stars, Mario Siegs, our good friend Mario oh, Siegs. Fucking legend. He's uh, been, to, been to a couple of the meetups, he's, uh, he's a good dude, he's much, he's much nicer dude in real life than he's on Twitter, he's a bit of a cunt on Twitter at times, but you know, on Twitter. who among us, who among <laughs> us could say that, we, <laughs> who, 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 who of us dare cast stones <laughs> on that front? Um, he said, if you even have the slightest interest in rugby league and can handle a little bit in brackets, a lot of swearing. This is definitely the podcast for you. The freshest takes on the greatest game of all. Stick through the inside jokes as very soon you can find yourself involved in them. Simply the best. Thanks, buddy. That's a great review. Um, and yeah, I, like 
once again, massive thanks to people who made last week's episode so fucking gigantic. Um, an amazing start. Like, I remember when we first started, like, the podcasting world was a lot smaller. And so we would routinely, every episode would be like, we'd settle in about number eight on the sports podcast and we'd touch number one for a period of that day and, you know, sort of fluctuate a bit. So to, to get up and touch fourth last week, last week's episode was amazing because now, the, you know, the podcasting scene is just full of these fucking, like, commercial podcasts, you know, like done by radio stations with the licensed music pulled out and just the, the, yeah. the chit-chat. Yeah. And, like, you know... Yeah, a dozen ESPN ones on all manner of shit and a dozen fucking BBC ones on all manner of shit and so it's really hard to cut through that sort of stuff considering when you look at the in the top 20, 30, 40 we're like one of the only ones that's actually like an independently produced thing that isn't associated to a newspaper or like a sports network or something like that so um, the best way to, to support us in our quest to, to dominate those fuckheads is basically hitting the subscribe button if you haven't subscribed on iTunes already um, and I've, this is for the iTunes chart so obviously Android people you know just keep doing what you're doing in terms of um you know, subscribing to the show and listening to the show. Oh, look, if you really um, want to help out, go and buy an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, let's not yeah. fucking beat around the bush here. Well, <laughs> forget your own fucking preferences. Put your Do fucking money us. where your mouth is. Yeah. And, you know, drop your fucking $1,200 on a fucking iPhone exactly. 6 Plus or whatever, 6S, and um, subscribe through iTunes. Or, you know what, there's, there's a no expense option. Just What's go it? to your computer, download fucking iTunes, subscribe. You may never use it. <laughs> Just keep download the episode every week on iTunes just to register just to register your participation. Yeah, at least then you've done it, and when World War Three happens and the internet's knocked out, you'll have all of this weekend leagues on your computer, and yep. you can sit in your fucking bomb shelter eating Twinkies and uh, give you something to do while you give you something to do while you're picking out who the first person to get eaten is. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can make a game of it, you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you get, yeah, throw a review and a rating on our listing on iTunes, whether you're Android, Android or iTunes or whatever, fucking get in there because um, that is a very, very good way to uh, help us uh, stay in our rightful spot at yep. the top, baby. Um, Supercoach. I'm not going to really worry about the Supercoach results so far because the first week and Jesus Christ, talk about fucking Ben Henry's and Sigiaro's fucking people's teams up like mine. Um but as we we got that group comp going, so uh, if you need to hit us up, if you don't know how to get into the group comp, um, it's been put out there on Twitter and Facebook, so you can you can sort of go through our timeline and find it too if you like. But uh, in any case, we'll start talking about that very soon in a couple of weeks when things start to shake out and we get to you know get to see the way that things are forming up. Um, tipping though, just want to give a shout out to Gazawonga or Gazawonga. I'm not sure how his name's pronounced. It's exotic. Perfect. The only person. Eight out of eight last week. Tremendous. So he gets the... Just fucking brilliant effort. Uh, then we had... Uh, what we got? Simo Ali coming in second with seven. Mad Dog was seven. David Kingston was seven. One-Eyed Tiger was seven. JB was seven. Uh, Jeremy Robo um, Jack was seven. And then we go back to uh, Julie Bulldog Wix, Bulldog Wixie and Nismo Raiders on six. And then we go back and there's a lot of people on six, obviously. But that's our top ten at this early stage and it's good to see a couple of new names up there as well although I imagine that'll start to shake its shake out as we go so how far do we go before we hit the first Mitch 15th is there one 15th is there oh yes there is and that's one I'm not sure who it is Penrith supporting Mitch nice they're everywhere these Mitches I like this name here in 16th we have Hammerhead Hammerhead Thrust Eagle 
if that's not a if that's not a fucking could, tender yet dominant sexual position, I don't know what is. Could be a Sharks fan fucking an eagle. Yeah, he could be, but I mean, that's, how logical is that? That's just never happened, <laughs> like ever. <laughs> it's like Hoppawati with fucking uh, with Peachy that time, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> just pats him on the head. That's what we're doing to the sharks all the time, patting them on their head while they're down on their knees. Um, but yeah, <laughs> see a lot of familiar names in there, but tons of people in there as well. Uh, bend them like Fooey Fooey. I love that name. I don't quite understand it, but I think it's fantastic. Um, good luck with that, everybody. And oh, geez, some of the some of the contenders from last season. Well, geez, it's six, even down to f- nearly 50, it's six out of eight. So yeah. It's going to take a little while for things Feels to Feels wide open. Feels wide open. It's going, to take a little, it. it's going to take a little while, a little while for things to shake it out. Take some so. speculators in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly like I did, like Tim Manley and Penrith. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Get your tips in. Get your super coach team. Make sure you swap Sigiara and Henry out of your team with Caesar. <laughs> for fuck's sake, go and buy Corey Oates. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's all we've got time for. Next week. See you next week.